It is Wednesday, my dudes. Welcome. Thank you for uh, joining us here today. Henrik's back with you today because it is Wednesday, which means no go zone. We should do uh, alone here uh, at the new Red Ice uh, mini HQ mini studio that we got going. Hope the audio is good today. Kind of got a little you know, doing the last week in War Warrior Show and I heard a slight like distortion again on the audio and I was like, God, it's like you got to be so picky. It's, it's all the gear is super picky when you move it. Anyway, so hopefully it sounds good today. Uh, give me a, uh, I don't know, a thumbs up or something like that, or like an, an okay or something in uh, chat if if the audio is good. I just took it down a, a smidge, so hopefully there's no uh, distortion, uh, even when I pro project. Hope you're all doing well. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we are uh, going to cover some of the latest stuff today. Uh, the insanity, the madness, uh, as we descend further towards some kind of point of, uh, well, but both no return, but also uh, basically... Uh, to the point where where something's got to give, right? Uh, we're covering the insanity as much as we can. We're trying to keep up with it. We try to uh, offer some semblance of uh, of sanity uh, in all of this, and just look at things. Uh, maybe not objectively. Everybody's subjective. I'm not trying to pretend that we're completely objective, but but frankly, be fair because it just it's so out of control. It's just insane. Uh, the climate right now. The witch hunts, uh, how people are targeted, and you know all this stuff with the impeachment. We'll cover some of that today. It's go ongoing right now, the uh, second day uh, of this kind of sham impeachment trial. And again, ir irrespective of what you think of Trump, the MAGA movement, uh, you know all this stuff. That it's clear that the other side is targeting uh, Trump supporters, and they don't care if you're if you're if you're a Trump supporter or not. If you're not on their side, you're 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 against them, right? Uh, bad buffering, someone says. That's no good. Uh, hopefully it's okay. That might be, maybe that's on uh, Trovo's side, if you're watching on Trovo. Uh, let me check and see. Looks okay on my end here. Hopefully it's okay. We had a, one little quick uh, outage of the internet here earlier today, so hopefully that's not a sign of things to, uh, things to come, so to speak. No buffering here, so spectral loosens. Okay, good. Uh, audio and video, both five of five. Okay, thank you, uh, Karfkaki. Appreciate that. All right. Yeah, so lots to talk about today. Uh, definitely check out, if you haven't already, of course, ladies and gentlemen, if you're not members, you have to be a member. Check out RedEyesMembers.com. Check out the latest episode. We did uh, Weekend Warrior 174 for covering both uh, Bathhouse... Bath, <laughs> let's do that again. Bathhouse Fauci. Uh, that's right. Bathhouse Fauci. You know about Bathhouse Barry? I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with that, but uh, now we have Bathhouse Barry. Uh, incredible. Uh, the, the, he was... Um, Running around doing uh, doing research in uh, gay bathhouses and bars to uh, to try to see firsthand to figure out for himself what possibly could be the reason uh, for why all uh, all the, the all the AIDS was going around uh, among the uh, non heterosexual community, uh, especially this is back in like the seventies and and eighties. Uh, so we talked about him and leading from that story into the the fact that he was he has been paying he's been part of forefront of paying for the research specifically on ferrets, but also on bats, uh, coronavirus, on coronaviruses, when the Ob Obama administration uh, kind of got cold feet for what they called uh, gain of function. Uh, it's a specific, it's, it's kind of to try to, try to preemptively, uh, I guess, to, to in a layman's term, to kind of make a virus even stronger, uh, mutate it intentionally, um, so that you then can go on and develop remedies, vaccines, I guess, uh, against those kind of already hardened mutated viruses. And so, you know, by the time if, if the if the natural thing is released, so to speak, 
you, you're already kind of ahead of the curve. You've already worked up against an already improved and, and hardened and more uh, severe, I guess, virus, right? Uh, so they didn't want to do that because it wasn't kind of justification for that. So Fauci went, of course, uh, to China uh, to do that research. And in fact, he went specifically to uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology to do that. Uh, he paid about $3.7 million uh, over a few year period to get that uh, that research going and stuff when America dropped off. And there are links, of course, to the COVID-19 uh, outbreak as a consequence of that. Uh, and then also leading into the uh, the GAOP, the uh, PSYOP that China was running about a year ago now with all these videos that were leaked and coming out. It's a fascinating story. So definitely check that out to get the, get the full story on that. That's up right now on RedIceMembers.com. Get a membership. Uh, very easy to uh, go in there and join us. There's a couple of ways you can uh, sign up, as you might be familiar with. We've kind of lost uh, a lot of our abilities to process uh, credit card directly on the website, which, of course, is no fault of ours. Uh, we are being uh, discriminated against unfairly. Uh, I think it's uh, bullshit. And, uh, but that, that's the environment that we're uh, operating in right now. Uh, but you can still use your uh, credit card, Liz. Let me pull this up here. Where is the... Uh, there it is. Let me just show this real quick. There we go. Here we go. Uh, yeah, so you can uh, join in through Subscribestar. It's subscribestar.com forward slash red ice. Get an account there. Uh, they might have an API to log in with some other services as well. I'm not sure, uh, but I do believe you have to have kind of a, a, a username on Subscribestar. Uh, sign up there. It's 10 bucks a month, just as our uh, membership has been now for, for a while. And then you send us an email, redice at protomid.com. Say, hey, I just uh, sign up for Subscribestar. Or send us a DM message through Subscribestar. And you say, hey, I sign up. This is my username uh, and or email on redicemembers.com if you have an account there. I suspect you have an account there. But even if you don't have an account there, let us know. Tell us that by a DM over Subscribestar or an email, redice at protomid.com. And we'll set one up for you. It's super easy. Uh, that's a great way. And uh, that way you can use your credit card or you can do use Entropy. It's entropystream.live forward slash red ice TV. Of course, right now we're live and we take super chats through that as well. Uh, but they have something called a subscription option uh, and they have something called a gold, the gold subscription option, which is uh, 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 10 and 99 cents. It's slightly above that. Uh, on our back end, it kind of levels out because they do take a little higher fees and stuff like that. But uh, if there's anybody that deserves that, it's definitely Entropy. They're really good people over there. Uh, so anyway, that way you can use your credit card directly. Uh, if you're still uh, don't want to use any of the other options like the Cash App or Crypto or the PO Box or the eCheck or ACH option if you're in the US, uh, which is also very simple, actually. But uh, anyway, enough of the plugging. Just want to let you guys know uh, that uh, it doesn't mean you can't use your credit card. It's just one little extra extra step. And we appreciate uh, you uh, helping out with that, considering the fact that we're being uh, uh, just blackballed by all these big, uh, uh, big banks. We're enough of a threat that uh, some of the biggest clearinghouses in the in the world have us on a blacklist, essentially, uh, so that we can't open up uh, any new processor or accounts anywhere. So thank you so much for your support. We appreciate it. Uh, they obviously fear us because we're doing something right. And I'm actually proud to be in a position where these people see me as a threat, considering where, the, where this world is going and how insane everything is. All right. Uh, guys, uh, as I said here, of course, uh, Super Chats through EntropyStream.live forward slash Red Ice TV. I'll keep that open here during the uh, show as well. If you want to join in, I saw a couple come in. We'll take those just in a moment. We're going to get to uh, quite a bit today, actually. A lot of things lined up that we're going to talk about. Uh, the impeachment trial. I, I wanted to kind of tune into some of the thing that's live today, but we'll see if we do that or not. I have some highlights, highlight reels uh, from day one from yesterday. And I thought we could take a look at those and then we'll get to uh, more on the vaccine. 
uh, as well. A lot of things are coming out. A lot of uh, horrible things are happening in Spain. Uh, nine uh, elderly died uh, after getting the, uh, I think it was the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, and of course, this is crazy conspiracies, and that's being covered up now by uh, by everybody. And Facebook are censoring if you have uh, doubts about this. So we'll get into that uh, and much more as well. Regarding this targeting of 74 million, I guess that's kind of the overall trend right now, uh, whether you are a Trump supporter or not. If you're not on their side, you are among that bunch. You're among the 74 million, speaking of America, of course, but this is trends in other Western uh, European countries as well right now. Uh, pretty, uh, pretty sick stuff uh, that's going on, to be honest. Uh, Mr. Noseberg for five uh, out the gate says I will never be able to unsee this. Uh, the this is how we do it video from Weekend Warrior. No amount of bleach could clean it from my eyes. That was a that was a funny one. Yeah, we do. We like to in the Weekend Warrior show. We kind of insert. I call them for I call them interludes. But I, I don't know what the term is. We just you know, run a clip we came across and kind of try to do it in a somewhat fun way. But that one was good. Yeah, it was called uh, this is how we do it. It was like kind of a making fun of the uh, this is how we do it. Uh, and I think it was some drag man. He was uh, dating a, a, a Jewish guy, I think, and he took with him to his family or something. I, I don't know all the plot line, but it was, uh, I thought it was funny. Thank you, Mr. Nosberg. Appreciate that. Uh, Riker William T. Commander for five says, reporting for duty, sir. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Good to see you, Riker. Really appreciate it. Uh, all right. So uh, I thought we could begin a little bit lighthearted, though. I came across this on, on uh, Telegram, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> say what you think of this. Uh, it's it's kind of funny. This is how, this is just the epitome of boomer tech. Imagine when everything is like augmented. Every, there's filters and everything. You can do all these things. Imagine the crazy shit that could happen. But here's a little sample. There's a Texas lawyer. Uh, you might have seen him. I'm not sure. The Texas lawyer. Uh, he was in some kind of uh, what do you call it? Uh, deliberation or something. There was a judge on there uh, on the call on the Zoom call, and uh, this happened. Martin, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings uh, you might want to uh, uh take, take we're trying look. to we're tr can you hear me judge <laughs> i can hear you i think it's a filter it, in the it is and i don't know how to remove it i've got my assistant here she's trying <laughs> to but uh i'm prepared to go forward oh. with it That's, <laughs> i'm here live that's not i'm not a cat oh good to know all right thank you boomer Fantastic stuff. I'm live. I'm here. It's just not a cat. Thank you to, the, uh, to our good friends who sent that to us on uh, on Telegram. That's <laughs> fun stuff. Oh, geez. Can you imagine how much shit like that's going on? How can you not laugh, Jerry L? What's his name? F Phillips at the top uh, right there. How can you not laugh at this, Jerry? I thought that was funny. Um, all right. <clears throat> With some of that out of the way, <laughs> why don't we why don't we switch over here and talk about some of the some of the impeachment? Um, yeah, I want to return to what you, what you can do about the uh, the Trumpist next door. It was a just incredible article on LA Times. Uh, so this is kept updating here all day on uh, on that website. You might have heard of it, Twitter.com. Have you have you heard of that website? Uh, they kind of update uh, things there regularly regarding the uh, second day of the impeachment trial. Uh, and of course, new footage were presented today uh, to build the case and stuff like that, which is uh, you know largely, I guess, it's kind of. It's, it seems to be that the defense, Trump's defense team, is going to uh, claim that all this is unconstitutional because he's not a sitting uh, president, uh, which, of course, kind of make it uh, obviously kind of dumb. But, of course, this is, much, this is about much more than that. This is about building a case against anybody, really, that's on this side of the political fence and, and, and to try to kind of not only oust them for the from the political system, 
but also kind of criminalize, I'd say, basically half half of America. Even if even if you're not a person who went in that day into the Capitol building, even if, even if you're one of the guys who was who who wasn't there and like laughing and and took some selfies before you walked out again and committed no violence even that's of course in their eyes is is a is a crime enough because you just entered you know kind of entered in if you will uh into uh, into the people's house as it were uh but uh, yeah so it is live uh right now here's uh, shortwell uh, talking uh, let me see what they're they're 5 hours into that let me see where's the live tab usually you can see the live tab oh this is okay it has a, it has ended then um all right, my bad. It was uh, me who was a little bit lagged behind a little bit earlier. But yeah, some some new footage was released. I thought we could take a look at some of that. Here's a couple of a uh, couple of things that came out here during the day. Here's more uh, uh, Fartwell. Let's uh, check this out here. This was President Trump's statement the night before the attack. I should say this was one of his dozens of statements on Twitter in the hours leading up to the attack. I hope the Democrats, and even more importantly, the weak and ineffective rhino section of the Republican Party are looking at the thousands of people pouring into D.C. They won't stand for a landslide victory to be stolen. At Senate Majority Leader. At John Cornyn. At Senator John Thune. Remember this guy? Thousands like the, of people pouring in the into of the D.C. Chinese who won't stand for the landslide election to be stolen. It's all right there. He, he was the guy who, uh, what is it, had sex with uh, Fang Fang, right? Remember the uh, Chinese spy, Fang Fang? What happened with that? That's, <laughs> this is fine. Just uh, let him in. Let him talk. And he tags senators to pressure you to stop this. And he warns all of us that his thousands of supporters, whom you'll see that the FBI had warned, were armed and targeting the Capitol, won't stand for us certifying the results of the election. This was never about one speech. He built this mob over many months with repeated messaging until they believed that they had been robbed of their vote and they would do anything to stop the certification. He made, the, he made them believe that their victory was stolen and incited them so he could use them to steal <clears throat> the election for himself. Yeah, so as you can hear, they they're really building uh, building this case uh, against uh, Trump, of course, and they're doing that by kind of spinning things. By uh, as they always do, they kind of have a they have lawyeresque legalese kind of language. They have um, journalists are kind of helping to build and spin this image, and eventually it kind of just snowballs and becomes bigger and bigger, and they turn it into something really which it wasn't, right? Uh, but it's very very effective of sorts if you're not. If you can't see through it or if you can't kind of break it down or, or, or know what actually happened, if you're limited to the clips and the small scenes that you've seen uh, disseminated by the mainstream media, I'm sure you're swept up by this and just like, this has to stop. We cannot do this. And even the few people that walked in in a very, frankly, innocent way in protesting and, uh, you know, into the Capitol building and stuff like that. Uh, and, and, and they didn't really, you know, do anything per se. Obviously, it was, it was a dumb move, obviously. I'm like, this is the fact that they don't understand who they're up against here. And that these people who see the Capitol as their house, you know, they're they're going to exert massive revenge because of this. And that's what's happening now. They're building this case. And this is going to go for years and years and years. And again, I've said it before, but this is kind of like the Charlottesville of the MAGA uh, movement, of, of the Trump movement. 
and in that you have a lot of people that were there to make them look bad even the uh, other side the 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 antifa types and the far left uh, that would normally be encountered demonstrate at an event like this pleaded and begged to say do not go like we have you know they had their people on the inside to make these people look bad to ramp things up to uh to to try to make it turn violent and a lot of people were uh, criticizing the capitol police because they weren't doing anything they were standing down right and it was one uh we're gonna get to that I, we can we can play i guess we can play the impeachment trial first uh some of the highlights and uh i guess yeah we could take a look at the first reel from the guardian then i have one that's a little bit longer from pbs but it might not be might not be that great. I'm not sure. I might ask you guys if you want to see the rest or not. We'll see. But I have some footage I want to sh see, which was scrubbed from, you know, Twitter instantly and stuff like that. Obviously, that shows that's like the Capitol Police. They opened, you know, opened the gates and let the, let you know, come on in, you know, kind of thing. So this, there's a lot of layers to this, as always, in these chaotic events. Uh, well, there's some people that were violent, um, that were like there and thinking that this is a revolution, will overthrow the government. Sure, maybe there was, right? Uh, but they're trying to make it seem that it was this super organized event and Trump instigated all of it by using this language and stuff, inciting, inciting to say all the time. But it's like anything could be inciting anything. And the fact that he did say afterwards when this started happening, like, we don't want this, stop, go home kind of thing. We should go to the Capitol and cheer on. That's what the media cut away. And he said, let's go to the go to the Capitol. Let's go there. And there's some gay op person in the back in the back of the audience like, that they filmed, you know, from a selfie style. It was like, yeah, let's invade the Capitol. And that they played and used that as evidence that, you know, Trump was instigating this and stuff like that. Anyway, here's a um, here's a short one from The Guardian from uh, day one, highlights. Should Check it out. ...by this impeachment inquiry or whether President Trump sought to exploit that ally's vulnerability and invite Ukraine's interference in our elections, whether President Trump sought to condition official acts on Ukraine's willingness to assist with two political investigations that would help his re-election campaign. Interesting that it switched from Russia to uh, to Ukraine. I mean, they kept, what, four years, three and a half years talking about Russia. It was all Russia, Russia, Russia. Then that, that nothing came of that. And then it was, oh, it was, it was Ukraine. It was Ukraine. That's right. Ukraine. He tried to get Ukraine to help. And if President Trump did either, whether such an abuse of his power is compatible with the office of the presidency. Raise your right hand. I will begin by swearing you in. <clears throat> the first impeachment inquiry hearings began. Uh, key witnesses saying his staffer overheard Trump asking about investigations in Ukraine. Member of my staff could hear President Trump on the phone asking Ambassador Sondland about the investigations. Ambassador Sondland told President Trump the Ukrainians were ready to move forward. Following the call with President Trump, the member of my staff asked Ambassador Sondland what President Trump thought about Ukraine. Mr. Sondland responded that President Trump cares more about the investigations of Biden, which Giuliani was pressing for. Been working on. Just about an hour before the two of you sat down to testify today, the president tweeted multiple times about this hearing, and he put in all caps, never Trumpers. Mr. Kent, are you a never Trumper? I am a career non-professional who serves whatever president is duly elected and carries out. Completely objective. I have no opinions of myself. I'm the gray man the foreign policies of that president in the United States, and I've done that for 27 years for three Republican presidents and two Democrat presidents. Ambassador Taylor, are you a never-Trumper? No, sir. Where is the impeachable offense in that call? Are either of you here today to assert there was an impeachable offense in that call? Shout it out. Anyone? I'm not here to 
do anything having to do with uh, to, to decide about impeachment. That is not what either of us are here to do. This is this is your job. Let me read it one more time. Ambassador Taylor recalls that Mr. Morrison told Ambassador Taylor that I told Mr. Morrison that I conveyed this message to Mr. Yarmouk on September 1st, 2019 in connection with Vice President Pence's visit to Warsaw and a meeting with President Zelensky. We got six people having four conversations in one sentence. And you just told me this is where you got your clear understanding. I was not wrong about what I told you, which is what I heard. That's all <laughs> I've said. I've told you what I heard. And that's the point. What you that's heard did not happen. It didn't happen. <laughs> God, what a circus. Complete just, you know. Was, was Hunter Biden a, a corporate governance expert? I have no idea what Hunter Biden studied at university or what his CV says. Ambassador Taylor, do you know whether Hunter Biden offers anything? Other than the fact that his dad's the former vice president? I, I don't. Or you would agree it raises questions, right? <laughs> okay. All right. Apart from Biden, there was one other person of interest. One witness that they won't bring in front of us. They won't bring in front of the American people. And that's the guy who started it all. The whistleblower. Thank you. I say to my colleague, I'd be glad to have uh, the the person who started it all come in and testify. Uh, President Trump is welcome uh, to take a seat right there. All right. Okay. So that's pretty pretty dumb. Let me play the second one. Let me close a couple of these. Uh, this one we could keep open, actually. Let me play a little bit from the PBS one to see if this is worth it. It's 11 minutes long. I don't think we'll watch that far, but I believe that they show a little bit of the... Uh, of the new footage and stuff like that as well. So let's play uh, a little bit from this, boys and girls. While he was still in office, President Donald Trump made history last month when he became the first U.S. president ever to be impeached by the House of Representatives for a second time. And today he will make history again when, for the first time ever, a former American president faces impeachment charges in the Senate. And that trial is just about to get underway. Today's session will focus only question of constitutionality. President Trump was not impeached for run-of-the-mill corruption, misconduct. He was impeached for inciting a violent insurrection. An yeah. insurrection where people died in this building. An insurrection that desecrated our seat of government and if congress i believe uh, yeah the cops shot a woman which of course these people normally uh they're anti-cop they're against what the cops do they're against law and order now they're pretending that they're the law the they're the law and order uh people uh they're back in the police now of course because it shot a mega person in the in the face the other person i believe that died uh, was uh, not from injuries related to uh was like oh he'd been struck by a, a blunt force uh it was a blunt force trauma he was struck by a uh Fire extinguisher, I believe the narrative was at first, and then, of course, autopsy was done, and there was no evidence that that was the case. Uh, he actually died, I, be, I believe at this point, is the, the official narrative that he, uh, unrelated uh, causes the day after. Uh, as far as I know, that's that's where they are right now with that. Uh, there were some talks about the people dying in and around uh, this as well, but the, the, that's the two I know of anyway. But so, you know, they use this idea all the time, oh, the deadly riots and stuff. Well... Look at what BLM did for six months, you know, from the George Floyd thing all the way up to, you know, the election and stuff like that. Uh, they murdered people. They they stormed buildings that were outside of representatives and Congress uh, people's houses. Uh, they threatened them. Uh, people were beaten to death in the streets. People were burned alive in their pawn shops up in uh, Minneapolis. 
none of that has been highlighted in this kind of capacity. None of the cases have built, been built in the same way, that these people are insurrectionists, they're a threat to democracy, there have been protests outside of many uh, state uh, uh, capital buildings, I believe, as well. In Oregon, there was some, you know, thing. There was, uh, Seattle, I think there was something as well. Uh, but that's fine. That's, that's okay, right? Congress were just to stand completely aside in the face of such an extraordinary crime against the republic, it would invite future presidents to use their power without any fear of accountability. And none of us, I know this, none of us, no matter our party or our politics, wants that. Impeachment exists to protect the American people from officials who abuse their power, who betray them. Well, I, you know what? <clears throat> There's plenty of people I can think of who have, have abused their power. And if this was a rule that could be applied to any politician, even after they've left office, to try to make sure either they can never run again, which I believe is kind of the case against Trump, really anybody on the Trump side, it, it's a way, and that's why they're tar targeting, targeting, sorry, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff like that. And you might think she's a whack job, and it's not about that. It's about the fact that they're targeting someone in a way because she has the wrong opinions, according to them. According to them, and so they want to try to oust anybody that they basically see could be a threat to. Uh, to their way of running things, which of course will be a disaster for this country. It will be no breaks whatsoever. It will just be, you know, full, full on 500 miles per hour straight into a brick wall kind of thing, uh, or straight off the cliff. And uh, and there will be no breaks on it, no breaks on the train whatsoever. And maybe you're of the the idea that well, they might as well you know do that then and, and rip off the bandage. And that sure, that's fine. It's a it's a kind of a tactic, or whatever. But just be aware that this is what they're seeking to do. And, and they're not doing it because they're honest about going after what they see to be in, uh, incitement or corruption or anything like this, right? They're politicians. They've gotten America involved in, in decades-long wars, uh, totaling millions of, people's, millions of people dead. Lies that were told in, in, in Congress, in Senate, by politicians, by representatives, by people in the media. And you never hear this kind of talk around that, right? So there's a lot of comparative things that you can say. And it's a double standard because they're only in interested in criminalizing their op their opponents, the other side, right? It exists for a case just like this one. Honestly, it, it is hard to imagine a clearer example of how a president could abuse his office, inciting violence against a co-equal branch of government while seeking to remain in power after losing an election. What you experienced that day, what we experienced that day, what our country experienced that day, is the framer's worst nightmare come to life. Presidents can't inflame insurrection in their final weeks and then walk away like nothing happened. Yeah, but he didn't do that, though. And yet that is the rule let's, that President Trump... Let's go and cheer on the people who are going to hear the evidence for election fraud. And, of course, then the, the, all, the, all the psyops begun, right? And uh, then they just... No, this can't continue. This has to stop right now. It should be irrelevant. Even if they shut down that day, okay, we'll have to pick up and, and do it the next day. All these people, all these pieces fell into place... Maybe not perfectly. I'm not saying all of it was a by design on day one or whatever, but it's per it's it turned out in a perfect way for them and how they could use it, right?
and now they're trying to reconstruct the images again. And but there's some people that they were charged just for entering, right? And even during the hearings themselves, they showed some of this footage. There's there's another one here. Uh, let me see this one. Here's some some of the new footage uh, that came out. Check out this and and keep in mind. I show that picture. I think it was in the Flashback Friday show last week, where the uh, the, the QAnon shaman or whatever they call him who was hollering inside, uh, you know, the Capitol building in the rotunda, whatever he was, were. Um, but it was like he was surrounded by like ten photographers and people live streaming and all that stuff. It is interesting that the media can go in, even what looks to be as I'm sure they might go after them eventually. But even independent people like what is it BG on the scene is one of these uh, people who's always on these events and stuff like that. They walked with these people into the Capitol. There's people from uh, the New Yorker, from uh, the Guardian, from from all kinds of different media outlets and they showed some of the watermark from from the uh from the storming of the capital whatever you want to uh, dub it and it was like are these people going to be charged too or, or, or it's okay for them to go in the, because there were other people that walked in as well maybe they they had their own live stream going or something like that but they were like they didn't touch anything they didn't do anything but you know that these people will charge for it as well media has this path that is a uh, pa pass rather uh, that they can do whatever they want, right? The, the the rules don't apply to them, kind of thing. Anyway, here's uh, here's another clip here with some uh, new footage supposedly that came out. Here we the go. other officers waiting down the hall. The wider scene carrying a baseball bat in this video is the same one we saw moments ago, breaching the window on the first floor. While all of this was going on, Vice President Pence was still in the room near the Senate chamber. It was not until 2.26 that he was evacuated to a secure location. This next security video shows that evacuation. His movements are depicted by the orange dot in our model. The red and blue dots represents the location where the mob and Officer Goodman were and where Officer Goodman led the mob away from the chamber just moments ago. You can see Vice President Pence and his family quickly move down the stairs. The Vice President turns around briefly as he's headed down. As Pence was being evacuated, rioters started to spread throughout the Capitol. Those inside helped other rioters break in through doors in several locations around this entire building. And the mob was looking for Vice President Pence because of his patriotism. Because the Vice President had refused to do what the President demand and overturn the election results. During oh, was that it? Yeah, that was it. Okay, so that's one little, one little piece from that too. Uh, I want to play this. This is from the highlights reel here from PBS2. I skipped forward a little bit there. But uh, Raskin, I think it's, is it Jeremy Raskin? Uh, he has been, uh, driving a pretty, uh, well, uh, he's one of these guys kind of with Adam Schiff, really Adam Schiff and Raskin are kind of at the forefront of this and, and, and creating this kind of image and building this up or whatever. Uh, so a couple of more here. I just came in and we'll do these real quick, uh, from, uh, Conrad Curse. Thank you, sir. For five, he's stopping by to leave this, uh, have to hit the replay. No. Uh, and he says, hail our folk. Thank you, Conrad Curse. I appreciate that. Always good to see you, sir. Uh, uh definitely. 
Check out the replay. It's all up on uh, the main channels later. I'll show a little screenshot of that too if you're new. Uh, Scott McLean sends a Gab link. I'll pull that up here in a moment on the other screen. Uh, thank you, Scott. Appreciate that. Uh, Ragnarok Udin's son for five. Uh, I think Ozzy says, Hail from Communist Melbourne, Australia. Uh, good to see you, sir. What time is it over there anyway? Maybe it's a little bit more. Uh, maybe it's a better time. Morning hour, I would su suppose, right? Thursday, Thursday morning, I think. I'll get to look it out. Uh, check it out, Rodan. Thank you, uh, sir. Appreciate that. That's very kind of you. And again, Scott, I'll pull that up in a moment here uh, on the other screen. But let's uh, listen to uh, Raskin here a little bit. Um, we'll move on shortly from the uh, impeachment stuff here a little bit. This trial is personal indeed for every senator, for every member of the House, every manager, all of our staff, the Capitol Police, the Washington, D.C. Metropolitan Police, the National Guard, maintenance and custodial crews, the print journalists and TV people who were here, and all of our families and friends. And I hope this trial reminds America how personal democracy is and how personal is the loss of democracy, too. And all around me, people were calling their wives and their husbands, their loved ones, to say goodbye. Members of Congress, in the House anyway, were removing their congressional pins so they wouldn't be identified by the mob as they tried to escape the violence. Our new chaplain got up and said a prayer for us, and we were told to put our gas masks on. And then there was a sound I will never forget, the sound of pounding on the door like a battering ram, the most haunting sound I ever heard, and I will never forget it. My son-in-law had never even been to the Capitol before. And when they were finally rescued over an hour later by Capitol officers, and we were together, I hugged them and I apologized and I told my daughter, Tabitha. Comes to tears, no. Okay. Who's 24 and a brilliant algebra teacher in Teach for America. Now, I told her how sorry I was and I promised her that it would not be like this again the next time she came back to the Capitol with me. And you know what she said? She said, Dad, I don't want to come back to the Capitol. <laughs> all right. Okay. Of all, all right. the terrible, brutal things I saw and I heard on that day. And since then, that one hit me the hardest. That and watching someone use an American flagpole. Yeah, I think that's uh, uh who said that? Yeah, I think that I think that's a bald spot. Uh... Is that, that that was funny. Is that a bald? Yeah, Big Pete. Is that a bald spot? I think it, I think it is. Uh, I'm not sure actually, but uh... the flag's still on it to spear and pummel one of our police officers ruthlessly, mercilessly, tortured by a pole. But they care now. They care. They care now after like. Remember that time the BLM like uh, killed? Was it like five cops or something in Dallas? The, this. Um, uh, radicalized uh, BLM Antifa activist who just like went went nuts. Dallas, I think it was maybe tw was it 2015 or something like that. Um, but now they now they care, right? They've been inciting all kinds of violence over the years by encouraging this this climate and this behavior and stuff like that. But when the wrong segment of the population 
actually protest. And when they are at the end of their rope, right, they, they, they justify this when it comes to the BLM and Tifa. Well, you know, you've heard of it. Where does it say, remember, uh, was it uh, Anderson Cooper? Where does it say that, uh, no, it was Cuomo, Fredo, Fredo Cuomo. Uh, he said, where does it say that uh, protests have to be peaceful or something like that, remember? Uh, the media and the political establishment have, have, have kind of incentivized this kind of behavior among BLM and Altifa. But then when the other side uh, claims that they don't, uh, their voice is not being heard, their their concerns are not being, uh, are not seen as legitimate. It's a problem when they protest, when they take to the same measures that these people look the other way for all summer, then it's a problem. That it's That's what's so sickening about this, right? with a flag on it that he was defending with his very life. People died that day. Officers ended up with head damage and brain damage. People's eyes were gouged. An officer had a heart attack. An officer lost three fingers that day. Two officers have taken their own lives. I remember the people that took their lives because they were uh, doxxed and outed after this, right, too. Do, do, do their lives matter? Uh, you know, they, they have businesses. Uh, they, 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 they just, everything is destroyed. They're, everything, they're targeted. They're now terror, terror lists and stuff like that. And obviously, they, I, don't, I don't think they, uh, they deserve that uh, classification. Um, it's just one way. It just goes one way. Senators, this cannot be our future. This cannot be the future of America. We cannot have presidents inciting and mobilizing mob violence against our government and our institutions. These, again, these are the people that have spent decades undermining everything that America stands for, right? They hate America. They hate America's history. They hate the flag. They hate the political system. They hated the media. They hated all these things, and they undermined it at every turn and encouraged violence against us from the uh, commie movements back in the 60s all the way up to the BLM stuff today and now they now they're caring right I see a lot of people in chat are kind of fed up with this now I, I kind of agree yeah we're not gonna spend too much time on it here's the link that Scott it's good to see some of this stuff though sometimes I, I do I, I, I do I do kind of enjoy in a way watching monitoring how they kind of how they build this case and it's always very emotional with them it's always this one little anecdote of how you know that he brought up about his was it his niece or his daughter was it or some like sister's daughter or something i'm not um but yeah here's the link here scott's on uh over on entropy data companies are are starting to sell extremist scores to help companies avoid doing business to trump supporters what is your score not seen this before but i'm not surprised we'll talk about some of this tangentially related here uh extremist identifiers likely gop voter based on zip code database counts 65 million Registered GOP voter, primary participant, 22 million people. Look at they, these. They have, you know, almost 100 million people. Well, 70, 74, you know, the, all the Trump voters. It might even be more because of the, the vote fraud potentially, right? Um, maybe it's 80 million. Who knows how many, right? But a, like when you have a mainstream political candidate that was voted in by the people and the majority of people vote for him, you can't just go and like terrorist label that whole faction. Whole I'm not saying it's right, if, even if it's few, if one person, if, even if it's fewer. But the absurdity that they're doing it when it's like half of the country, half of the country's voters, possibly even more, right? 
Um, yeah, GOP campaign donor. I guess that's through FEC. Uh, 750,000 people, extremely platform users, Gab and Parler, 1.2 million. Hunter safety certificate states 700,000. Firearm training course, 240,000. Firearm registration, 220,000. Participation at January 6th DC riots. Credit card data. Yeah, that's when Bank of America left out, right? 350,000 people. Shit. This is insane what they're doing here, right? Um, and I thought we could take a look at... I kind of have stuff that's related to this, really, right? Um, let's look at this first, actually. Let me do this. Uh, let me pull in my Slack. Someone showed this, tweeted this. Uh, let me see here. Where's that clip? Sorry, guys. Bear with me here. Here it is. Look at this clip here. This was taken down from Twitter. Uh, let's go back here. Look at this here. There's a Capitol State Police. Oh, sorry for the bad music here. Here we go. Let's go back. Here we go. See that? Let's play it one more time. This was taken down from Twitter, but I have it saved on my Slack, so. So they were uh, they were let in. And it's much more of this kind of stuff. People from the MAGA people ran up and they're like giving the police shit basically for not doing anything for not stand for just standing down standing on the sidelines and who knows maybe that was the plan maybe the uh mayor bowser was part of that right uh th this could uh all been a plot of like you know we have our right people at the right place and then kind of in the heat of the moment i think a lot of people are caught up in this and not trying to justify every action but there are a lot of dumb moves again i don't think they know who they're dealing with i don't think they know and understand like the retaliation that's coming now as a consequence of this but look at this um, here's a, here's the type of people that, that, uh, that walked in there that day, right? Just sm smoking weed in the Capitol. Look at this here. If we can get it to load. We made history, guys. People are smoking weed in here. Can I, please, can I please hit that because we're taking history with you? I'm smoking weed. Thank you, Patriot. We made history. This is our house. This is our house. Pure terrorism. <clears throat> there you go. Pure terrorism, right? So go, going and smoking weed in the Capitol, dude. Like, I don't think you understand, like, what's, what's, what's going to be coming uh, because you, you, you were present and, and, and dared to walk in uh, after what looks like uh, uh, Capitol State Police or maybe others, too. Uh, open the barricades and say, sure, come on in. Go, Come on a tour, guys. Come on in. Pick up the gun. Um, here you go. Do you, kid, you want to blow up a building? Uh, I mean, that's what it feels like, right? And again, the media could be in there. BG on the scene, he, he that's fine. He could be in there. He can film all this, but he's not going to be prosecuted, probably. I'm not saying he should, but I'm just saying, you know, the media can be there, uh, but people who just walked straight in, right? They, they, they uh, and, did, and didn't do anything once inside and stuff, but just like checking things out, right? All right. Anyway, um, let me see. Was that this one? Yeah. I want maybe if, maybe if there's time later, we'll read this one. I mentioned it in the Weekend Warrior show, and it's it's an incredible piece. Uh, what can you do about the Trumpites next door? From the L.A. Times, and basically, they basically describe their neighbor as this very upstanding person. He helped this person who's writing the article to uh, to. Uh, 
uh, what's the word, um, clear your uh, the, their driveway. He was uh, um, hauling snow away from the driveway, helping out. Uh, and and they're just saying, well, they're just do. You can't be swept in by their niceness because these people are really Nazis. So you can't, you know, you, you can't. Uh, there's even a, a reference to like when um, German troops occupied uh, France. In there, we're like, well, the French even said that like. Things were the the uh, National Socialist Military. They were very courteous and very nice. Things were orderly. The trains ran on time when they showed up. It's almost like that. And and uh, but like, don't be swept up. Oh my God! Even they were uh, uh, caught up in this. And we can't be. We can't. We show no mercy to these Trump people. And again, you might not even be a Trump person, but that that's irrelevant. If you're not on their side, you're. They are bunching you in with this crowd that they're going after. You're part of the 74 million. That's why it might even be more, right? Um, check out this too. I might return to it later if there's time because it's it's an incredible piece, uh, frankly, but I don't want to sit here and read the whole thing right now. Um, but it should be done. It definitely should be done. Here's Nicole Wallace, MSNBC. Uh, she talks about what to uh, what to do about these people. Check this out. And that is a bulletin released to all law enforcement earlier this week that there is until the end of April a persistent threat of domestic extremism, domestic uh, terrorism carried out in the ideology and around this belief that the election um, was fraudulent, that the COVID restrictions are unnecessary. All of those ideologies pushed by Donald Trump. But, but my question for you is around incitement. Um, we had a policy, and it was very controversial. It was carried out under the Bush years and under the Obama years of attacking terrorism at its root of going after and killing, um, and in the case of Amar al-Awlaki, an American, a Yemeni American, with a drone strike for the crime of inciting violence, inciting Holy terrorism. Shit. Mitch McConnell was in the Senate. Holy then. shit. He's in the Senate after 9-11, too. How does Mitch McConnell, who understands that the way you root out terrorism is to take on, in the case of Islamic terrorism, kill those who incite it, how does he not vote to convict someone that he said on the floor of the Senate so it's just, it's just, let's drone strike uh, these terrorists, right? That That's what we did before. So why can we, uh, can we somehow pick up that policy again? Uh, we, can we, can we do that? Right. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's just remarkable what they're, what passes they are given in the media, the hatred that they have, uh, the term they use again, the, to, um, to in the, the hatred and violence that they've incited against their political enemies for the last four years. Before that too, obviously, but it's just been ramped up to a new level since the last, uh, since Trump was in office. And now it's even worse than ever. Now he's out of office, but now it's, it's never been this insane. It's never been this just complete crazy, right? And so they're, they're going to try to go after these people on like terrorist charges. Uh, everybody they don't like is gonna be bundled in together with this and 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 you have media pundits and talking heads now basically can we can we drone strike these people because that's what we did before with insurrectionists right that's why that uh, uh, you know discussion about like uh, you know in Iraq and Afghanistan they're trying to find that parallel this is white al-Qaeda it's if it's an enemy force within our borders and stuff like that we should put them in a camp you know kind of thing but then it's like when <laughs> when other countries did that, when they were at war and stuff, and even before they were at war, they, they, they rounded up people and put them in camps. These people are the first to 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 say that that's wrong and that should never have been done, right? Think of Germany or something like that, right? They, they rounded up people that were seen at the time when like war broke out as potentially enemy insurgents, 
they might not have done anything, but they saw, they saw them sufficiently enough as a possible threat and said, we can't just let these people roam around in our, in our country. They might, you know, blow stuff up or kill people or stuff like that. And America did that too uh, during the Second World War with like, what, the Japanese, I think, or something, right? The, the internment camps and stuff like that. And that was like to secure, that was to secure the homeland, right? To make sure that these people didn't, because they went to war with Japan, spurg out and started killing people or blowing up bombs or shit like that. These people have, have done nothing but attacking that over over, over decades, right? That was wrong. My God, our history and stuff. And that's even one of the, that's building to this, um, have, have managed to build this this um, profile on white Americans, that they are somehow guilty for this. They're the ones to blame. This is why white people can't assert themselves. They should just back off at every moment. They should lose all power, all influence. They should give up their homes. They should just back off and it's other people's turn now, right? Um, but when we do it, when we propose it to do that with our enemies, it's totally fine, right? So here's, uh, here's one of these pieces from uh, CNN. This is just from a couple of days ago, right? They are young, fearless, and ready to rebuild the system. They, are not, they, aren't, they aren't taking no for an answer. Okay, well, what does that mean? I mean, using violence? They are the voices of the movement. These nine Black Lives Matter activists are redefining the movement for racial justice, right? So it's praise the people who are fighting and revolutionary and fighting against the power and the establishment and stuff. And although this movement have bodies in its wake, murderous uh, uh, riots that took place all over America and other parts of, the, of, of Europe too, with BLM, pro, like insane uh, protests and shit that led to violence. This, this, this is fine. <laughs> this is totally fine. Not a problem, right? Uh, remember even the, uh, even the, uh, let me see, where's this? Yeah, this one, uh, don't like Cernovich normally, but, uh, but see, I had a good point here. The woman uh, who's accused of murdering her three-year-old white foster daughter uh, was was a was a woke social justice warrior. She was a mainstream media consumer. She's the she's the one who's watching all these outlets, right, like MSNBC and stuff like that. And 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 go back in the other way. Someone watches. Uh, someone watches Tim Pool uh, or, or in the history of uh, videos that were watched of someone who did something bad, uh, they found, you know, someone uh, were watching Tim Pool videos. Then Tim Pool is to blame kind of thing, right? You've, you've heard these narratives. Uh, some some shoot mass shooter, and they go through his entire social media record and look, well, look at this. He, he uh, put on a video by uh, American Renaissance Watch. So clearly he's, he's the one to blame, right? In these kinds of cases, it's fine. The media has no responsibility whatsoever. They can hype up this narrative and, and create these parano paranoia amongst people, uh, create anti-white hatred against people, or, uh, yeah, anti-white hatred, like insane, uh, an insane climate that they're creating. Uh, but that's fine, right? Uh, here's some of the, the rap, uh, which I guess this person was on uh, Worst Cooks in America. It's on some TV show. Uh, season 20 of that was pulled by Food Network after winner charged with murder of child, her white adopted um, um, mom, right? Uh, and of course, you know, yeah, she 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 liked these kinds of tweets, right, by Philip Lewis um, regarding the insurrectionists. She liked that tweet. Ari Ari People Lover is her name, a, a true people lover. This woman, uh, she has supported impeachment and stuff like that. Is some of the tweets that she liked. Joe Biden, she retweeted. Um, Our president is not above the law. Justice serves the people. It doesn't protect the powerful. Uh, Shum Shumari Stone, she retweeted. Uh, Robert Reich, we know about that guy. So let me get this straight. Republicans in Congress want to impeach Obama for passing the Affordable Care Act, but they don't want to impeach Trump for inciting an insurrection. She liked that, right? 
more Robert Robert Reich, John Ossoff, George, the guy who won in Georgia, right? The better days are coming. Pierre Atlas, uh, it, it's it, it's uh, it's a good point here. Here's another tweet. Uh, this one, I think it is, right? Yeah, so they have, uh, oh, it's from Deadline. Okay, Deadline. See who she retweets um, and see what tweets she liked, right? Uh, there's some of it here. I think they, they went through it, but you get the idea, right? So that, But that's fine. They never, they can never incite uh, anything uh, when they do it. All right, I'm behind here on a couple of these uh, lower thirds. Um, Okay, so I thought we could take a look at this, guys. I'm not a huge fan, obviously, <laughs> of, uh, what is it, uh, Toilet Paper USA, uh, Turning Point USA. Uh, but I wanted to watch a little bit of this here. Uh, hang on, there's a couple of more here on Entropy Stream. I appreciate that, guys. Let me do this real quick, and then we'll watch this. I think it's it's okay. It's just, uh, you know, pointing out the, the hypocrisy a little bit regarding uh, criticizing Trump, uh, Pelosi, for daring to... Uh, uh, Propose a wall, right? Trump wanted a wall. He didn't achieve this. Of course, many, one of the many, many letdowns. Uh, but then, of course, when they're in danger, they can build a super secure wall around uh, the Capitol to protect themselves, right? So you can't protect yourself uh, when you have concerns that you have people who you don't know who they are flooding over the border. You don't you don't have any, any say in this, right? Anyway, Mr. Noseberg for three says, sir, the Trump supporters are at a wedding. What are our orders? Fire away, private. These people are a threat to our democracy. That's right. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are, what you're doing, uh, how you act, uh, no matter how uh, laid back you are, you are going to end up on the terrorist lists. That's At least that's what they want to do. I'm not sure that we'll be able to pull it off. In, keep in mind, too, and I think I said this last time, much of this is just kind of a narrative taking place in the media uh, at this point. I mean, sure, there are. it's you know in Congress now. They're doing this impeachment trial. They're building the case and stuff. That This could turn into laws eventually, but right now... It's basically just a bunch of insane media people that are like driving this rhetoric, but but this could also become like policy, basically. So so we gotta watch out. Uh, Riker William T. Commander uh, for three says the fourth estate is the fifth column. That's right. That's right, sir. Uh, sir that's definitely. Uh, I mean, the the, the fi this, this is the fifth column. The media is the fifth column. This network of people that are building this these terrorists and stuff like that. That is the uh, that is the uh, the fifth column. Uh, I, I agree. Totally agree. All right, so let's check out a little bit from this one. Hopefully, it's uh, hopefully it's good and not too cringy. But if it is, we can turn it off. Let's uh, let's see what uh, what they did here with the wall coverage. Here. For decades in Washington D.C., they have told you that they don't know how to build a wall. Oh, that music, though. Holy shits! I apologize for that. Or that walls are racist. Or that walls are evil. Those were all lies, people. Because Washington D.C. right now has perhaps the greatest wall in America, and they built it overnight. Here is Nancy Pelosi's Great Wall, all the way around the Capitol, miles long, protected by razor wire, and really tall. Today, we're going to show you exactly what makes Nancy's Wall a great Whoa, dude, totally tell me about it, bro. I, I don't like the delivery, but the point stands, right? Great Wall, and we are going to have a little conversation about what makes a good wall. I can't wait to see what this wall has to say. Let's go find out. <laughs> I, I, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize uh, for this music. We're going to powered by TPUSA. Here we go. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, they did. At least they did it, but I, I don't like it. Where you're walking up to it and you're like, holy smokes, how am I going to get over that thing? This is like. You don't meant to get over it, dude. Six foot tall. 
This is twice my height. I think this is two. Two Bennies. Tall. This is a at least 12 foot uh, I, I don't like Benny, but let's watch it. Look at the size. Solid height. Good tall wall. That's the first thing you want in a wall. Nancy Pelosi knows that. That's why Nancy's wall is tall. A wall is an immorality. It's not who we are as a nation. The second thing you want with a wall are protections. You want the wall to make sure that you can't, like, just go and jump right over it, okay? You want to make sure that it's going to be a bad day. You try to get over that wall. This is why Nancy's wall is so special. It has these nice, sharp razor wires on it that really would uh, cut you right up if you were to try to jump over. I mean, you'd be sliced and diced. You'd be like a Greek. Uh, let me... <sighs> We don't get these talking points uh, in the media, and I, and I feel alternative media is kind of they kind in a way they kind of let us down because they don't they don't um, hypnotize or, or just repeat these things over and over in a way that like mainstream media can do, and, and and at these times I kind of feel that we need that a little bit, but it's I I feel when you when you piece these items together that we've seen from. What I at least personally uh, see as a, a rigging of an election, even pre pre planting the seeds that Trump is going to steal the election, and but these items going to have they they basically perfectly were able to predict what happened because they did it right. As, as I say, if you want to if you want to accurately be able to predict the future, you basically invent the future. You create it. That's when you're in full control of the future. You've made it. You drove it in that way. And that's why we heard about the red mirage, the voting. Because, because then later all these voting, all these uh, mail-in ballots are going to show up, right? So they knew this. From Norm Eisen to this, uh, what was the other guy we talked about in the Weekend Warrior show? Um, P something, per, not Prenicky, that's the Alaska guy who built a cabin. But the, something like that, Prowsgear or something. I, I'll look it up later. It was one of these architects. Um, being part of securing the election. It's related to the Times article. I didn't mention that, but we covered that too in the Weekend Warrior Show, the Times article uh, that came out uh, talking about how they saved the election by this shadowy, uh, by this shadowy group. There was a, they admit there was a conspiracy, you know, to save the election, right? Um, and so that's, uh, that happens. Sorry, I'm skipping around here. Where are we? Oh, here we are. Uh, they did all these things then these riots happen kind of thing, and, the, and then they, they put the capital on lockdown. It's military there. What I'm trying to get to is it's your, what you're witnessing is the coup while they're trying to claim that the other side tried to perform the, the coup. And that's the incentive for them to be able to do all these things because they're saying we're securing things now. They did the, the coup, and then they're trying to pretend that they're securing it. But by securing it, that's how they're pulling off the, the coup, right? Does that make sense? The, the clear election fraud and, and your inability. We've looked at the article from BBC, the, the telltale signs of a rigged election, right? Then they went through some, uh, there was some uh, sub-Saharan African nation and it was like, oh, it's very corrupt here. And these are some of the signs of how you would spot an uh, illegitimate le uh, election. And it was like of nine, eight, seven or eight points that they had up in the BBC article, six of those hits, if you will, there were hits on those for, for the American election. They lock it down, they wheel out the military, they do all these things. It's just, 
try to criminalize the other half of the country and stuff. It, it, it is a coup. It's a, a takeover. It, this is happening. They're doing this in front of our eyes. And I feel that that's not being, this is not being reiterated enough of what it is that, what it is that's happening here. In a way, you could say they always had this control, but it was basically the little side turn that America took with, with as, as, as tame, if you will, as Trump was, that made them freak out. And, and it just, it's, it's not ever going to be tolerated against, uh, again, to have something like this happening, right? Everybody's on it. Big tech, social media, all of it. Uh, the banking system, media, establishment, uh, journalists, pundits talking, they're all in on it. Anyway, let's continue watching it. Greek salad, if you tried to jump over this thing, razor wire goes all the way down. Yeah, Belarus, exactly. Uh, Markopica uh, in, in the DLive jet. Yeah, it's like Be Belarus. They, they did a dry run there, right? They did it in uh, the Ukraine. These color, the color revolutions, I didn't mention that, I should have mentioned that. Norm Eisen was on the front lines of that. He studied these things. He performed these things in uh, Eastern European countries, Russian satellite states, in order to turn them against Russia to get control, right? And uh, and this is what they did in America, and it's now it's now here, right? It's now here. It's 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 incredible, really. Ball all the way down. Look at that, guys. This is like Donald Trump's dream wall, okay? guys. <laughs> okay, the wall. <sighs> that Donald Trump goes to bed and like dreams about on the southern border, Nancy erected here in DC. Nancy's wall, pretty amazing. From a substance standpoint, politically, substantively, officially, spiritually, religiously, personally opposed to the wall. The next thing you want on a- Yeah, I know he's cringe, boys and girls. Uh, but it's a good point, it, it, it stands. Great wall, Nancy's great wall's got it, that's for sure is length. You want this thing to have a real distance. Why? Why is that important? You gotta be able to cover the space that you wanna protect and make sure that there's a consistent barrier. This is really important because, listen, if there's gonna be holes in your wall, what's the point of the wall? So Nancy's Great Wall has some real Link to it. I haven't done the measurements, but we can show you here in a map. This wall would take the next two hours of time if we were to walk the whole thing. It's miles long. All of Capitol Hill and the surrounding area is surrounded by this wall. This goes on for miles. The next. I, I don't think this is going to come down. That's the point too. I, I don't think they're going to uh, dismantle this. Uh, not for you, not until they have like all these uh, people that they're so afraid of in like some kind of re-education camp or something like that. I don't, I don't think it's going to come down. Uh, I actually haven't kept up with what the military, maybe, maybe chat knows. What's the military uh, presence like? I would assume it's, it's still high up there. Still a lot of troops there. I would, I, I would oppose. If anybody knows, let me know in chat. Next thing that you want with a good wall, you want it to be firm, reinforced right down into the ground. You want to make sure that no one can just push it over, right? You don't want to push the thing over. You want it to be anchored. Make sure that it's anchored like this one. This one is a great wall. This thing is down in the ground. You can see there's cement. Right, is this what he's going to do the whole thing? Like, okay, let, let's see her, her clips. I guess that, that's worth it. Let's see what she says. The wall is... In my view, immoral, expensive, unwise. The next thing you want if you're building a great wall 
is a fortified entrance in and out. You gotta let people in at some point, and you gotta know who's coming. Yeah, the ontologist. This should be Henrik's intro tune. Absolutely, in into. I guess we mean intro tune. Yeah, I mean it's so groovy. I just, I just want to dance. So we made sure Nancy made sure that on Nancy's great wall, she put a big old gate. Gate can close and open, and that big old gate. There's, I don't know, I don't know, John, what do we got, like 10, 10, 12 people there guarding the Great Wall? Okay, so you got it, you got an opening, they make sure they know who's coming in, who's going out, and you had people guarding the gate. There you go, look at the, there you go, see that? Let's call an ID check. See, that, uh, that's an ID check. They checked their ID, and now they know who's in there, and now they know who's out, and they, they figured out that it's called a border control. So Nancy's wall has strict border control. Good job, Nancy. Good job. This All right, I th I've had enough of Benny. I've had enough of Benny, but uh, it's a good point. The point stands, uh, <clears throat> and and I agree, of course. It's it's good when we do it, and uh, immoral when you guys do it. Uh, so uh, yeah, that's where we are. I wanted to uh, check out this article. Article two. It's by Glenn Greenwald, who's been doing some good coverage on. Uh, on big tech and censorship and stuff like that. And he continues that in this piece here uh, regarding uh, kind of a fake, uh, fake accusation by uh, Lorenz. What's her name again? Uh, forget her fir first name, Lawrence. Uh, attack Mark Andreessen, Andreessen, I think it is, um, for saying a word they didn't say in some clubhouse. I've never I've barely heard about the, some audio chat, I guess, all these uh, investors and other people have are on there and talking and stuff. They have rooms and they chat or whatever. <clears throat> but he broke this down pretty good. Oh, yeah, Taylor. That's right. Taylor Lawrence or Lorenz uh, falsely accuses tech investor Mark Andreessen of using a slur. I think he, uh, the word she used was retarded. Or he, she said he used the word retarded. Uh, after spending months trying to infiltrate and monitor a new app that allows free conversation. This is the Clubhouse app. Uh, app. A perfect episode illustrating how rotten this form of tattletale speech policing journalism is, right? Uh, there are a couple of, let's see, do I have it here? Yeah, here's the whole piece here. Let's, re, let's read a little bit from it. It's kind of interesting. Make this a little bit bigger here. Uh, the journalist tattletale and censorship industry suffer several well-deserved blows. Not nearly enough, obviously, but, uh, but there you have it. Uh, a new and rapidly growing journalistic beat has arisen over the last several years that can be best described as an unholy mix of junior high hall monitoring tattling and Stasi-like citizen surveillance. It is half adolescent, half malevolent. Its primary objectives are control, censorship, and the destruction of reputations for fun and power. Though its epicenter is the largest corporate media outlets, it's the very antithesis of journalism. I've written before about one particularly toxic strain of this authoritarian reporting, Teams of journalists at three of the most influential corporate media outlets, CNN's media reporters Brian Stelter and Oliver Darcy, NBC's disinformation space unit Ben Collins and Brandy Zedrozny. And we've covered these many times as well. These are just full-on, full-on Antifa card-carrying members, basically. Uh, Oliver Darcy, of course, was famous for... Uh, really behind the, the InfoWars down, uh, tech down on, on a lot of social media and stuff like that, too. And then he goes on here to annals the tech reporters of the New York Times, Mike Isaac, Kevin Rose, and Shara Frankel. And Kevin Rose wrote that piece about, uh, what was that? It was, we covered that, too. Was it the, 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 the apps tracked them? Was that, was that Kevin Rose? I think it might have been him. Um, 
goes on to say, devoted to the bulk of the journalism to searching for online spaces where they believe speech and conduct rules are being violated, flagging them and then pleading that punitive action be taken, banning, censorship, content regulation, after school detention. These hall monitors reporters or hall monitor reporters are a major factor explaining why tech monopolies, which for reasons of self-interest and ideology, never want the, uh, the responsibility to censor, now do so with an abandoned and semi seemingly arbitrary blunt force. Uh, they are shamed by the world's loudest media companies when they do not. Just as the NSA is obsessed with ensuring that there be no place on earth where humans can communicate free of their spying eyes and ears, these journalist hall monitors cannot abide by the idea that there can be any place on the internet where people are free to speak in ways they do not approve. Like some creepy informant for a state security apparatus, they spent their days trolling the depths of chat rooms and 4chan bulletin boards and subreddit threads and private communication apps to find anyone, influential or obscure, who is saying something they believe should be forbidden, and then used the corporate megaphones that did not, they did not build and could not have built, but have been handed in order to silence and destroy anyone who dissents from the orthodoxies of their corporate managers and challenges uh, or challenges their information hegemony. O Oliver Darcy has built his CNN career by sitting around with Brian Stelter, uh, petulantly pointing to people breaking the rules on social media and demanding tech executives make the uh, rule breakers disappear. The little crew of tattletale millennials assembled by NBC refers to their twerpy work with the self-glorifying title working in the disinformation space as intrepid and hazardous as exposing corruption by repressive regimes or reporting from war zones, spend their dreary days scrolling through 4chan boards to expose the offensive memes and bad words used by transgressive adolescents. Then they pat themselves on the back for confronting dangerous power centers, even when it's nothing more than trivial and bullying than doxing the identities of powerless, obscure citizens, right? And that's really what it is. These are people that hold no power, no influence. They never speak up against the establishment. You, cannot, you live in an, in an environment now where you literally have bank, the trillion dollar, you know, taken all together, trillion dollar banking establishment are banning people uh, because they're not obeying, right? And these people say nothing about that. They agree. They think this is great. This is wonderful. I'm glad that uh, Greenwald is using like uh, Stasi, the term Stasi as well. Uh, he, could, he could have gone another, another direction, which which I think people like him usually do. But it's 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 Stasi esque, right? Every day, Oliver Darcy says here on Facebook and Twitter, some of the most dishonest people are empowered and algorithmically encouraged to spread lies and conspiracy theories and high partisan nonsense to large audiences. Tech platforms have not grappled with this in any meaningful way. This is January seventh. You've They've kicked everybody off. No one is no one who remotely have anything controversial to say anymore or on any of these platforms. And see, it's 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 never good enough. It will be it will never be good enough. Never going to end. But the worst of this triumvirate tri triumvirate is that what that word is that that's what that's what you're going to get uh, is the New York Times tech reporters due to influence and reach if no other reason. When Silicon Valley monopolies publicly pressured by rep Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and other lawmakers united to remove a parlor from the internet, the Times tech team quickly donned their hall monitoring goggles and Stasi notebooks to warn that the bad people have migrated to Signal and Telegram. 
This week they ask, are private messaging apps the next misinformation hotspot? I I've seen them. Uh, they're terrified of like a decentralized internet as well. Uh, blockchain technology, they're, they're completely freaked out by this stuff. And I hope it's, it's, it'll be brought in soon. I hope it will be uh, in effect. Uh, because that's what we're going to need, right? Decentralized uh, methods and stuff like that. And they're already writing the articles, excuse me, writing the articles about it, though. And say, what do we do? Hey, hate speech one day might thrive on a decentralized internet. What do we do? And what they mean by hate speech is speech they, that they hate, right? That's, that's hate speech. One reporter confessed that I'm worried about Telegram. Other than private messaging, people love to use Telegram for group chats. Up to 200,000 pe people can meet inside a Telegram chat room. That seems problematic. These examples of journalism being abused to demand censorship of spaces they cannot control are too numerous and too comprehensive to chronicle, and they are not confined to those three outlets. That far more robust censorship is urgently needed is now a virtual consensus in mainstream corporate journalism. It's an animating cause for them. Those of us in journalism that have come to terms with the fact that free speech, a principle that we hold sacred, is being weaponized against the principle of, of journalism, complained ultimate establishment journalist Maven Steve Cole, the dean of Columbia's University Graduate School of Journalism and staff writer at The New Yorker, a New Yorker and Vox contributor who runs a major journalistic uh, list serve uh, appropriately called Study Hall, Kyle Chakya has already begun shaming Substack for hosting writers he regards as unacceptable. Jesse Singal, uh, Andrew Sullivan, Barry Weiss. Uh, if, oh God, I mean, as, as a gung-ho, like ultra Zionist that she is and stuff like that. I mean, she like left, you know, New York Times and was all an uproar. Like even uh, this also demonstrates like how bad, like even when someone like this is being targeted, it's like you forget about it. if you're like in anywhere near even criticizing someone like her. That, that you can have a voice, right? A recent Guardian, Guardian article warned that podcasts was one remaining area still insufficiently policed. ProPublica on Sunday did the same about Apple, and last month one of its reporters appeared on MSNBC to demand that Apple censors its podcast content as aggressively as Google's YouTube now censors its video content. Thus, we do have... Uh, unimaginably warped dynamic in which U.S. journalists are not the defenders of free speech values, but the primary crusaders to destroy them. They do it in part for power to ensure nobody but they can control the flow of information. They do it in partly, do it partly for ideology and out of hubris. They believe their worldview is so indisputably right that all dissent is inherently dangerous disinformation. And, and again, that's really the narrative that's being driven home right now after the wake of the uh, Capital Six uh, debacle, basically, right? Um, anything will be, de everything rather, will be deemed disinformation, which is not on the approved list. A anything. And this will, the, the goalposts will move, it will flex and bend and open up to, to gobble up new territories and new areas and stuff. It used to be political, then it's health, then it's, you can't criticize the vaccine, you can't say anything against politicians, you can't say anything about Joe Biden, you know, it, 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 this will just go on and on and it will never end. And it's not like, oh, we're on a slippery slope here. Like, we're far beyond that. Like, we're, it's gone. It's over when it comes to this, the mainstream environment and what they're, what they're charging uh, their enemies with now. It goes on here. And they do it from petty vindictiveness. 
They clearly get aroused, find otherwise elusive purpose by destroying people's reputation and lives, no matter how powerless. Whatever the motive, corporate media employees whose company title is journalist are the primary activist against a free and open internet and the core values of free thought. The profound pathologies driving all of this were on full display on Saturday night, the last Saturday, as a result of a reckless and self-humiliating smear campaign by one of the New Yorker Times star tech reporters, Taylor Lorenz. She falsely and very publicly accused Silicon Valley entrepreneur and investor Mark Andreessen of having used the slur word retarded during a discussion about the Reddit slash GameStop uprising. Lorenz lied. Andreessen never used that word, and rather than apologize and retract it, she justified her mistake by claiming it was a male voice that sounded like his. And then she locked her Twitter account as she thought she, rather than the person she falsely maligned, was the victim. That's right. We're the victims. They, they strike out in pain as they, uh, they, they shout out in pain as they strike you, right? But the details of what happened are revealing. The discussion, which Lawrence falsely described, took place on a relatively new audio app called Clubhouse, an invitation-only platform intended to allow for private, free-ranging group conversation. Holy shit. Free conversations on the internet in 2021? I mean, that's problematic. It has become popular among Silicon Valley executives and various media personalities. I was invited onto the app a few months ago. Not me, but the person writing, Greenwald. Uh, but never attended or participated in any of discussions. Maybe it was for the better, you've been singled out. But as CNN noted this week, he goes on to say here, quote, as the app has grown, people of more diverse backgrounds have begun to join. And it, quote, has carved out a niche among black users who have in innovated new ways for using it. So that then that's fine, of course. BLM can organize on these apps. They can uh, organize violence and protests and stuff, but, you know, that's fine. Its free speech ethos have also made it increasingly popular in China as a means of avoiding repressive online constraints. These private chats have often been infiltrated by journalists, sometimes by invitation and other times by deceit. These journalists attempt to monitor the discussion and then publish summaries. Often the reporting consists of out of context. Oh, you, oh, no way. Out of context? out-of-context statements designed to make the participants look bigoted, insensitive, or otherwise guilty of bad behavior. That's right, it's just bad behavior. Things that they think is bad. That's all it takes right now. In other words, journalists desperate for content have flagged Clubhouse as a new frontier for their slimy work as volunteer hall monitors and speech police. Fulfilling her ign uh, ignoble duties there, Lorenz announced on Twitter that Andresen had said a bad word. During the discussion of the Reddit revolution, she claimed he used the word retarded. She then upped her tattling game by not only including this allegation, but also the names and photos of those who were in the room at the time, thus exposing those who were guilty of the crime of failing to object to Andresen's bad word. Here's the tweet, right? To uh, P. Marka, which I guess is Andresen's uh, uh, Twitter account here. Just openly using the R slur, the R slur, using the R slur on Clubhouse tonight, and not one other person in the room called him on it or saying anything. Is that is that? I mean, I'm I'm bad at grammar, specifically English, but that isn't that just 
kind of a bad, she was hurrying to write that. She couldn't even, can, can, I, can I rephrase that? Anyway, yeah, look at that. Here's the, uh, here's the, uh, the, the screenshots here of the people who were in the room. They're guilty. They're also guilty. They should also be banned. Numerous Clubhouse participants, included Camille Foster, immediately documented that Lorenz had lied. The moderator of the discussion, Nate Jones, said that, quote, Mark never used that word. What actually happened was that Felicia Horowitz, a different participant in the discussion, had, quote, explained that the Redditors called themselves retar retard revolution. And that was the only mention of that word. In other words, you can't even say what someone else is describing themselves as. You can't say what they refer to themselves as. That's, that's a crime right now. Rather than apologizing and retracting, Lorenz thanked Jones for clarifying and then emphasized how hurtful it is to use that word. She deleted the original tweet without comment and then, with the, uh, with the smear fully realized, locked her account. <clears throat> Besides the fact that a New York Times reporter recklessly tried to destroy someone's reputation, what is wrong with this episode? <clears throat> Everything. It goes on. And then it kind of goes into a little bit more on Clubhouse and uh, justification of, of, you know, you shouldn't use that word and all this kind of stuff. I'm not going to read the rest. But the point stands, and it's very, very good point. Uh, and he goes into McNeil, to Donald McNeil. I want to mention him, too. He was actually one of these super pro, uh, like, put them in camps to, during the, the major... Uh, uh, when the COVID propaganda was ramping up last uh, last spring, early spring, he went on NBC with like Maddow and stuff and talked about how you know we have to uh, we have to put these people in some kind of temporary uh, uh, hospital for their own for their safety and stuff like that. Uh, so I wouldn't agree on him with anything, but he was uh, canceled too from New York Times. He was still like he was even nominated for a Pulitzer Prize with them for all this uh, faulty and erroneous and and propagandish style COVID reporting. But even that was not good enough. He used the N-word again when he referred to it as what someone had said, right? Well, do you think it was correct to use the N-word or, or something, he asked a student. And that was like, they complained, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and at the time, the New York Times, New York Times, um, uh, the one of the editors, I believe, or, or uh, one of the senior editors, I think, or, or someone like that, Beckett, that's right, kind of dropped it and said, oh, well, you know, he, you know, it wasn't that bad or he made a mistake or something. But then enough pressure was put on McNeil after the whole writing crew at the New York Times whipped whipped everything up to, to this frenzy, right? And, and, and eventually they ousted McNeil, right? And even he backpedaled, he, he apologized, he cocked like crazy. And it was just, just not, it didn't obviously work. It didn't work. All right. Anyway. Good article here, but this is what we're dealing with. Look at this. That, that's Taylor Lorenz right there. This is how these people spend their time. What are, what are they, like 20, 28 or something? Little dweebs. They get access to this, like, you know, national media, the megaphone that they get access to, and then they, they tell on other people. They're the ones, I mean, they're the ones responsible for creating this environment that, that now is going to become here, becoming here, right? Um, in the wake of all of this. Uh because this is going to go. This is going to become. This is going to become insane. Let me just close a couple of windows here, guys. This is going to become completely uh, unbearable. Basically, this this climate that they're creating, uh, and they're going to be guilty of that. They're going to be guilty of creating that, and they're going to be uh, axed, I think, and, and consumed by it themselves. And they they totally deserve. They totally deserve the world that's that's being built right now by those individuals. 
and they think that they're going to escape or that I'm not going to be had by the system. I was one of these people who backed it and I, I obeyed all the way and stuff. And sorry, but useful idiots are some of the first people up against the proverbial wall of the system when it, when it decides to take out the very radical elements that caused all of this to come about when the, the the revolutionaries that caused you know the revolution to come about then the system when they found a new level of establishment it doesn't want to risk the, that that happens again so you take out the very people that did it for you that achieved the revolution on your behalf here's another one we talked about the banking industry and stuff like that too because that's where it's going in right now with the banking industry uh what, what, what's next, right? You can't have a bank account. You can't, can't have uh, financially uh, do things anymore in, in, in this world. You can't, uh, is, is uh, utilities next? Uh, power, water, is it, how far is this going to go, right? Uh, under this discussion here of the Greenwald uh, Substack uh, article there that we read uh, about half of, someone linked up uh, Refinitiv, a privately owned database used by banks to screen people. Uh, Refinitive World Check Risk Intelligence Request Detail. Right, they're building these profiles. The uh, the social credit score, as they call it, as they have in China, is is not coming. Uh, it's already well in place. It's already here. Uh, this is just going to get worse and worse and worse. Right. Uh, Paul Smith here on Twitter said it's now being used to censor political dissidents by denying them financial services by labeling people as domestic extremists. The media is contributing to putting people's people in financial stress as they have no means to send or receive an income. This has to be illegal, but it's not, and nothing is happening on this front, at least not yet. We have to build our own country, basically. You have to escape from this. And if we're, and again, if we're so bad and such horrible people, let us do our own thing and separate and be over here. But the problem is these people's existence, these, these journalist existence, uh, is now it's it's defined that it's just their existence is justified by attacking other people that they disagree with it's it's in their primary interest to ensure that people who they like cannot have any interest of their own that they can't operate in the world right here's another one. i have to look check it out one day but i want to give it out there in case you guys want to find out more al jazeera occasionally does some good uh expos some of their stuff is just uh, cringy just you know commie liberal bullshit frankly but some of them are good like the uh al jazeera documentary that they did on uh, on the israeli lobby was very very good right uh but i was going to check this out it's about 50 minutes long so we're not going to look at it today but the database collecting the world's financial data how do financial databases work details a little bit more about this of, of companies like refinitive uh and kind of what they're building right <clears throat> a quick mention about this too before we move on here we're going to get into the uh the COVID stuff and the pandemic here next segment here, but uh, Chamber of Commerce backs Biden's OMB, which is the uh, Office of Management and Budget. Uh, they have a new nominee there whose name is uh, Nira Tandon or Tandin, Tandon, Nira Tandon, uh, because she has ties with Soros, Soros, Wall Street and big tech, right? So here's the, uh, the, uh, the, the far left voted these people into, into power and they're completely fine with it. They love Wall Street now. They love the banking industry. Uh, Far-left activists are completely fine. They're looking the other way because, because the system is now in their hands. This is why they defend the system. This is why they defend big pharma, big tech, big media. They, they defend all of it. There's no criticism left whatsoever of the actual establishment because they have become the establishment. This is why they're 
they hate when people who you know like who, who are more right-wing or conservative or anti-globalist and stuff like that are like critical of the vaccine and stuff because they can't they can't open that door of starting to criticize the establishment they have to have this view that whatever we're doing now because we're in charge we hold the reins we're on the right side and 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 you have to obey you have to bow down to the system so that's really next where i wanted to go with this here talk a bit about uh, uh the covid vaccine and the uh, bullshit that's being pushed uh the new levels that's being pushed right now of course the vaccine has had a lot of a uh, lot of issues of course um as we'll see here in a moment. But I wanted to show this one real quick here too. Trended on Twitter a bit earlier. CDC confirms that double masking significantly helps prevent the spread of COVID-19. That's right. So it's not going to be enough now uh, that you have one, let's say, surgical mask, right? And the few times I have worn that, uh, it's very hard to get uh, su sufficient oxygen. I immediately feel it. I, I almost get, I, I don't get a panic attack, but I immediately feel like I'm not getting enough oxygen. This doesn't feel right. This is not good. We've read the stories many times of how it's actually bad for you to recycle the air. You have to have fresh oxygen into you to be able to keep your immune system high. So what possibly could there be a benefit of asking you to double mask and triple mask and everything else, right? Face diaper time has not gone away. It's going to get worse. You're going to have to wear two, two of them now. In fact, that's where we are. Two of them. Here's the uh, screenshot here from the CDC. Wear one disposable mask underneath a cloth mask. The second mask should push the edges of the inner mask against your face. And then make sure you can see and breathe easily. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's super easy to have not only a surgical mask, but then a cloth mask tightly against the surgical mask, which closes, closes you in like that. And then you're talking to people who are out in the store or something. Doctor. Did you put on a mask? I'm, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What'd you say? Can you, you know, you can't hear these people and they're screaming at you. We had some freak that, that weirded out the other day on, on us. It was, it was crazy. Um, the mental cases that are like, they, they go insane when you, when you don't have a mask. Uh, and this was in a very specific part and area, by the way, I should preface with that. But anyway, it's, I have to tell that story. Uh, so yeah, double masking folks. Double, double up with your face diapers uh, or you'll be arrested. Uh, here's Bill Gates. He wants to, of course, be part of preventing future uh, pandemics. He's looking out for you. He's looking out for your family. And he has a plan to do that. Something called glo a global er alerts system and germ games. Bill and Melinda Gates' annual letter tackles pandemic preparedness and immunity inequity. Uh, in distributing vaccines, right? So I thought we could take a look. We can read some here too, but why don't we just take a look at the video, right? We're video people here. Let's look at the video and we can uh, we can see for ourselves what uh, Mr. G Bill Gates uh, actually says instead of going through some uh, bad uh, journalist here at, uh, at Market Watch, right? Uh, all right, so check, it, check this out. This is how we prevent the next pandemic, ladies and gentlemen. We all want to return to the way things were before COVID-19. But there's one area where I hope we never go back, our complacency about pandemics. We can get ahead of infectious disease outbreaks. By the next pandemic, I believe we can have what I call mega testing diagnostic platforms. They can be deployed quickly. This doesn't sound overwhelming. Cost very little and test 20% of the entire population 
every week. Every we also week. want to get treatments out far faster next time. One of the most promising is monoclonal antibodies. These manufactured antibodies grab onto the virus and disable it just like your immune system and can reduce death rates by That's as much great, as but <clears throat> why don't we do, let's do that then, that Bill. Why don't we do that? We'll go. develop new vaccines quickly. New in vaccines. In large part due to this new mRNA platform. <laughs> mRNA will become faster to develop, easier note, to store. Note the word he used at mRNA platform. Let's, uh, we're going to return to that in a moment here. Here we go. mRNA will become faster to develop. Oh, sorry. Didn't go back enough. Here we go. Quickly. Enlarge death rates by as much as 80%. I also think that we'll develop new vaccines quickly, in large part due to this new mRNA platform. mRNA will become faster to develop, easier to store, and lower cost. That's a huge breakthrough. To stop future pandemics quickly, we need to be able to spot disease outbreaks as soon as they happen anywhere in the world. And that requires a global alert system. That, if, that, that, inquire, that requires basically a global homo. That requires uh, globalism to be uh, just completely uh, and flatly, uh, you know, disseminated, I guess, across the globe, obviously, as the name implies. And we can't have any nations that do not obey or deviate in any regards from the plans and the plots that we have uh, for this planet. Complete planetary control. We need a global alert system so that we can test 20 million people every week. And as soon as something new shows up, whatever it is, and we don't like it, uh, we can put the full, uh, you know, kind of uh, infrastructure of the, of the global uh, uh, anti-pandemic efforts to, to strike that out and to and to attack it, right? If there turns out to be some new infectious pathogen, then we need a group of infectious disease responders to spring into action. Think of these as like pandemic firefighters. They're gonna use their logistics, use their ability to- do you, also, do, you like, do you like how like this is, like he's standing at a light table, like what you use for photos and stuff, and, and playing with dolls? You, like, do you see where, do you see what the, what this what this is here? Of this, he's talking, he's talking to children. This is how children uh, perceive things, or or how how you communicate to children. And it's not that it's like oh well, he want to make it understandable for everyone. no. He's talking the adults who cannot think for themselves are ch are children. They've done focus groups on this. These elitists, they know that we have to continuously dumbing down to be able to reach these people so they understand. Let's play with dolls. That should do it. I also think that we'll develop new vaccines quickly, in large part due to this new mRNA platform. mRNA will become faster to develop, easier to store, and lower cost. That's a huge breakthrough. To stop future pandemics quickly, we need to be able to spot disease outbreaks as soon as they happen anywhere in the world. And that requires a global alert system. If there turns out to be some new infectious pathogen, then we need a group of infectious disease responders to there. spring into Listen action. To the, the breakthrough music there too, as he, as he takes his little 
uh, yellow dolls down. Look at this. <laughs> need a group of infectious disease responders to spring into action. Think of these as like pandemic firefighters. They're going to use their logistics, use their ability to build up like, capacity quickly. They're just like firefighters. They'll build these temporary hospitals and, they, and they'll keep you safe, right? They'll keep you safe in their temporary hospitals. Uh, they'll give you the vaccine. And, uh, and they'll keep you safe. Yeah. They're gonna go wherever that problem is. Stopping the next pandemic will require a big investment. But I think of this as the best insurance policy the world could buy. You can read more about this in our annual letter. All right. This is how we prevent the next pandemic. Gatesletter.com. Uh, fantastic. Good stuff. <clears throat> so yeah, global preparedness alert system. Uh, are some of the things, right, he's talking about. But at the same time, of course, they're admitting now, we're never going to go back to normal, it's never going to happen, and we're going to need all these uh, uh, different way, ways uh, to track and to trace you. And we have some more stories about this. Well, let me see here. Sorry, guys, let me just refresh this one second. <clears throat> we have some more stories about that here, too, uh, regarding... Oh, I closed that up. That's a mistake. Let me just see if I can find that again here. Um... Yeah, here it is. Okay, it was a tweet from Zero Hedge. Okay, sorry guys, here we go. Uh, let's pull this in real quick too. Uh, so Johnson & Johnson CEO says annual COVID vaccines are going to be needed for years to come. As the mainstream media warns, virus will circulate for decades, right? So uh, I think I tweeted something out about this too, uh, where they're talking about how this will never, it will never go away. It will never go away. It's going to be new versions of the uh, mRNA vaccine. It, it isn't really a vaccine, uh, obviously. We'll, we'll talk about that in a moment, too. Uh, but yeah, so this is what they're predicting now. And of course, again, why do you? How can you accurately predict things? Well, it's because you're 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 inventing the future, or you're creating it. You're making it, basically, right? Um. So we're gonna look at. Uh, let me see. Did we pull this up here? Yeah, let's take a look at this first. It didn't pull up properly. Let me pull this up here. It's a BitChute uh, video, a link, a short uh, one. I had it sent to me, and I've seen various of the videos that this, it's kind of a cut version, the cut together uh, regarding the COVID vaccine. And so it's it's not it's not a vaccine. You can't, you can't legally call it, I think, vaccine. I know they do it and stuff, but it's, uh, or I should say, according to the legal definition of what, what a vaccine is, the mRNA vaccine is not a vaccine in the traditional sense because it doesn't contain uh, dead or mutated or live viruses, uh, which is one of the criteria. It's more of a, think of it as a medical, some people said device or even a uh, medical technology, right? Because it, as it enters into your uh, nucleus in your cell, it's using the different parts. Um, it's using the different parts and and pulling it all together, right? Or 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 creating it out of out of your building blocks in your cell and creating the virus. And then the hope is that well, and then you'll develop antibodies for that. But but it does, it does genetically engineer you, right? That's what it does. But you can't call it a vaccine. They're calling it a vaccine because they're it's meant to click, kind of like in in people's brain. It's like a psyop. That's why they're calling it that. Making it oh, it's a vaccine. It's like a, you know this is kind of been established within orthodox medicine and stuff like that. That this is a, a technique that you use. If you just out of, out of the blue said that uh, you have this 
well, they've admitted that it's a new way, but if you call it something, we have a medical device that's going to be injected in you. Can you imagine like, <laughs> you know, the reaction to that? It's a new medical treatment. It's kind of a technology. And what it does, it it's just takes your building blocks and forms and formulates the virus. Uh, and then it just goes and goes and never stops, right? Um, let me take a couple of these here and then we'll look at this video. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, Lone Star Texan for three says, uh, who the hell would trust a college dropout who stole someone else's code to get rich for health advice? Better yet, a vaccine. Fuck off, Billy boy. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it is kind of funny that he's like, uh, he's, he stole a lot. It's kind of like uh, Zuckerberg in that same way, right? If Zuckerberg got into, I mean, now he's become like an arbiter of truth and stuff like that with Facebook and dictating what's true and what not and what reality is and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, literally like a, a, co a coder guy has put himself in this position. It's very, it's very creepy. I think someone made a kind of a fun video. Uh, he's kind of a big YouTuber. He's done some criti critical thing of the vaccine and the COVID, you know, uh, lockdowns and stuff. I forget what his name is. Long, long hair, red, redheaded guy, long hair. Um, he was like, oh, your baby's sick. Quick, take him to a computer programmer. Uh, he'll figure it out, right? Uh, but yeah, it's amazing that he's gotten that far. Uh, Gates, uh, the right connections and the right uh, kind of uh, butt boy, really, the globalists, I, I would assume. Uh, and of course, being very wealthy, that helps as well. And of course, he's going to make a whole lot of money on this. He's going to gain more control than ever and is going to be richer and become wealthier than anybody if this follows through on it, right? Um, a white, a white for five says on entropy stream dot live forward slash red ice TV. Uh, I've, I haven't been into the grocery store for a while, but went in today, and most people seemed very docile and removed from one and removed from one another. I think the masks are working. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind too. I mean, you you, you choke them out, you 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 uh, deprive them of oxygen, which will get you sicker. And then when you get sicker and your immune system is compromised, it gets even worse when you're re-exposed, especially to these new mutations of the viruses that are showing up right now. And it doesn't matter if it was you know, made in a lab or if it's all natural. I think it's made in a lab. It was made in a lab. We showed this in the Weekend Warrior show that we did Sunday uh, with Fauci's 3.7 million, the research that was done in Wuhan at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Uh, they poured in money into this. It was done through a... Uh, a go-between company called uh, e uh, Echo Medical Alliance, I believe, uh, something like that. Echo Health Alliance. Echo Health Alliance was the name out of New York, who became the middleman. Fauci paid them money, and then they paid the one Institute of Virology money to do uh, research on ferrets because it's a very similar uh, respiratory system that ferrets and humans have, right? Uh, and so. There's all these things that are going to happen when you're re-exposed to the virus or a mutated version of the virus if you have been given the mRNA device, or if you prefer then the COVID vaccine. Again, technically, it's not that. Let's look at, look at this video, guys. See what you think of this. This is kind of a cut, uh, cut from a few different things, uh, but some important points are reiterated here. Okay, let me see. I'm not having audio. For some reason, did I pull that down? Oh, wait, let me reload. Is it the, uh... yeah, there we go. Okay. I see so many wrong things with this vaccine. And I see that we are not talking about it in the major media. And I see that I feel that these companies are outright lying to us when they say they cannot affect our DNA. Because by all definitions that they are using, this can affect our DNA. I looked at the pros and cons and it frightens me. 
And I want you to know about this. You need to be very well informed because this new vaccine is not like your normal flu vaccine. This is something very different. This is something brand new. This is something completely experimental on the human race. And it's not just about being a different vaccine. There are technologies that are being introduced with this vaccine that can change the way we live, who we are, and what we are, and very quickly. It's ignorance to use the PCR test. The creator of the PCR test himself said that that test should never be used to test for any illness. So if you're too fucking stupid to understand this and you're running out and getting a test, you're an absolute moron if you're like, well, the cases are on the rise because retards are running out and getting tests. When in the history of the fucking world has anyone run out and got a test when they have no symptoms? What I'm seeing is when you take human beings and you say, go into your house, clean all your counters, Lysol them down, you're going to kill 99% of viruses and bacteria, wear a mask, don't go outside. What does it do to our immune system? Our immune system is used to touching. We share bacteria, staphylococcal, streptococcal bacteria, viruses. We develop an immune response daily to this stuff. When you take that away from me, my immune system drops. As I shelter in place, my immune system drops. You keep me there for months, it drops more. And now I'm at home hand washing vigorously, washing the counters, worried about things that are indeed what I need to survive. Let's follow the science. This is immunology, folks. This is microbiology. This is what we've combined together. We have 40 years of experience in this. This is common sense immunology. And what we have to do is to confront the lies, because the lies are being presented as the truth. And when the lie becomes the truth, there's no moving backwards. The tendency is towards a police state with a so-called vaccine, which would uh, act, which would serve also as a digital passport. There are many different dimensions of this crisis but let's organize and let's confront the fraudulent politicians and financiers who are behind this project. All of this due to a virus with a 99 plus percent survival rate for most who get it. Why is understanding this test so important? Because it is the driving factor of the fear campaign that is being driven by the media, the corrupt media, and then used by the government as a justification to impose restrictions on our lives. The measurement for it is not, is not exact at all. It's not, it's not as good as our measurement for things like apples. An apple is an apple. You know, you can get something that's kind of like, if you've got enough things that look kind of like an apple and you stick them all together, you might think of it as an apple. But and, and HIV is like that. Those tests are all based on things that are invisible, and they are the results are inferred in a sense. PCR is separate from that. It's just a process that's used to make a whole lot of something out of something. Okay, so no one's gotten the vaccine. Yeah, two nurses volunteered, and then we're running under this. the sun thing. Okay, vaccination. Because fucking world has right anyone here. run out and got a test when they have no symptoms? People say it's not even a vaccination, it's a, it's a genetic experiment. What do you think? Yeah, so it isn't, doesn't really meet the criteria, but I suppose there are three waves of adverse events, right? There's the adverse events, which is more or less like anaphylaxis in the first week. 
then these vaccines shouldn't be given in a second dose, you know? So I know they're planned a lot of them for two vaccinations, but the real adverse events will happen. Whatever the mRNA is in the vaccine, that when uh, the person comes across that, it could be in February, March uh, 2021, or in a, a year later, uh, uh, that would be when in the animal studies, maybe 20%, 50% or all of the animals died. So I'm also saying that people over 80 who get these, between the combination of the first adverse events, which is about 2.5% in some vaccines, one in 40 people have uh, adverse events where they are not able to function or work or live life normally. For the second uh, vaccination, it could be one in 10. But for the over 80-year-olds or 75-year-olds, I would think that about 80% of them will have life-limiting adverse events or die when they come across the mRNA again. Um, and for others, it's hard to know. It could be half of the people will be severely. And what it does is this gene therapy or medical device is actually setting up an autoimmune disease chronically. That's what it's setting up. So it's a bit like injecting people peanuts, or, you know, but they don't know what it is. And then you come across something and then you go into your adverse events. And the adverse events is you start this, it's anaphylaxis first, the first wave, anaphylaxis allergic reaction, the second wave. But the third reaction, when you come across whatever the mRNA is against, you have stimulated your immune system to have a low grade autoimmune disease not immunity to yourself because the mRNA is expressing a viral protein. Yep, you make yourself a genetically modified organism. Yep. So the immune system is meant to push the viruses out or the bacteria, but you actually see it in your body, in your cells. The autoimmune disease is attacking yourself low grade. When you come across the virus, with say February, March, that stimulates the immune system to get rid of the virus. But then it suddenly sees that you have viral proteins in your cells and in your organs. Your immune system attacks your own organs. You then, after about a week of that, go into organ failure. This is why there only been uh, kidney failure was one of the <clears throat> uh, tests that were made on ferrets. Uh, the few existing mRNA tests that they did do, right, has been much quicker, of course, than a normal vaccine, the development of this too. Uh, but uh, yeah, they had uh, kidney failure, failure, various kind of uh, organ failure. They did it uh, testing on ferrets and stuff like that. And as far as I understand, too, is when you're re-exposed to the virus, that's when the real problems begin, right? Because you're like, you're, you've mutated, uh, you have mutated viruses, you have new strains of it and stuff like that. You've taken the vaccine. Uh, some people seem to die after the second dose of the vaccine. That seems to be the most common and then, of course, if you're reintroduced to the vaccine, your immune system is going to be weakened already, and you're going to be consumed by by the by the uh, by the virus. And someone said uh, was in chat. I forget who said. Uh, Does Henrik believe uh, that coronavirus is fake or something? Was the question? Uh, no, I don't. I actually think that they uh, took something that was natural and mutated it in a lab. That's the research that Fauci did, and then possibly intentionally they let it out, or it was a mistake in, in Wuhan, China. Either way, they, they decided to jump on it as an opportunity. And it was mutated in the sense that, it, not that it, will, it was mutated to, to kill as many people as possible. I don't think that was the goal of it. I think that the, the goal of it was to get people as, get, it was as virulent as possible. And apparently these are some of the traits of the mutations uh, that, were, that was made 
on the, on the coronavirus, right? So that everybody would get it. And this is not even talking about the faulty PCR test. I think that the, the test is faulty, uh, the way they're testing, like even if you get, uh, you know, there's so many false positives and stuff. That's in addition to it. I think they wanted a scenario, if they intentionally released it, they, it, they intentionally wanted a situation where as many people as possible globally could be tested and, and, and you know, for the virus so that they could use that as, as an excuse for, for lockdowns and take control, essentially. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a globalist weapon. That's what I think that it is. And it wasn't designed to kill as many people as possible. And maybe one day they will do that. Maybe one day this will be about releasing something that actually kills you. Uh, at this point, it hasn't been that bad. It has been, a, a, for many, I think, a, a more intense flu. I think you can get the vaccine, uh, get the, the, the virus, it seems like. I know some people don't think uh, that it's real or anything like that. I, I think there's something, right? But the PCR tests are so unreliable anyway. So even if you didn't actually have it, you could still test positive and stuff like that, where the amount might, might be so small, your viral load, as they call it, is so small that it's insignificant. You never feel anything, but you still test it positive. And you can have this intense uh, fear mongering in the media as the incentive of why we need to take everything over, we need to lock down, we need to have this new technology come into place, we need to have this vaccine. This gave them the, the reason to give the, this, this mRNA technology that they're now injecting into people, right? Uh, it, it's a perfect kind of, um, perfect way that they lay this out basically, right? Uh, so no, I think, that, I think they're working with something real, but it's not as all as uh, deadly as they claim, and this is even from their own numbers. Uh, they just wanted something that was so virulent that everybody could seemingly get it, right? Um, so, and that's beyond the faulty test and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah, no, I think there's something to that. Um, the uh, let, let me do some of these down real quick. Uh, we can end that clip right there. But uh, as a few examples, right? Uh, nine care home residents in Spain ended up dying. Look at how the sun spins this too. This is very interesting, right? They were given the Pfizer vaccine. They died. Uh, after, 10 days later... But Sun says, oh, it was because uh, there was a mass COVID outbreak uh, that happened six days later uh, at this uh, care home. And that's the reason why they died, not because the vaccine, although there's many people that have died from the vaccine. So they're spinning it in this way, right? But Spain has had a lot of issues with this. Uh, doctor who received Pfizer vaccine died from bleeding in his brain. Uh, you know, organ failure has been common and stuff like that. Gre Gregory Michael, MD, an obstetrician, obstetrician, um, had his office in Mount Sinai Medical Center in Miami Beach, died the day before yesterday due to a strong reaction to the COVID vaccine. He was a very healthy, 56-year-old, loved by everyone in the community, blah, blah, blah. Um, there's many of these cases, right? And then, of course, if you do criticize it, if you have any suspicions about it, if you ask questions about it, even just basic tier, like, okay, well, wait a minute, we've seen some people die here. Uh, What's that about? And is it a greater risk taking the vaccine than it is, uh, you know, avoiding it? Basically, does the does the risk outweigh the the, the benefits, etc.? These you can't even ask these kinds of questions anymore. Facebook says that it plans to remove posts with false vaccine claims. I thought they did this already, though. This article after article like this that comes out this is from uh, two days ago from the New York Times. Uh, I thought Facebook already removed like everything, but I, I guess it wasn't wasn't nearly enough. They need to remove everything now. Um, Black Philip for three over on entropystream.live for slash red ice TV says, Henrik, have you seen the World Health Organization now said COVID never originated in China? And they now say it came from Australian beef. 
it's a way for China to avoid world blame and help the globalists. Insane. I'd not heard that it was from Australian beef. I have not heard that. I'm going to look that up. I have heard, uh, obviously, that they try to, you know, China did the right thing and it was not, it's not their fault and all that kind of stuff, right? Um, let me just see if I can find anything on that. World Health Organization team finds Australian beef may have started COVID-19 virus, not, uh, not Wuhan wet market. Here we go. All right. So you can you got to find an Anglo nation to blame, I guess, in some way, right? All right. Thanks for that tip. Um, yeah, finds Australian beef may have started. Interesting. It's been well over a year since the coronavirus broke out and was first reported in China's Wuhan province. Since then, many countries, including the U.S., have accused China of not coming clean on the origins of the virus, which has claimed 2.34 million lives, uh, which is like, I think that's, those numbers are greatly exaggerated as they've taken away from other normal deaths that people die of every, every, every year, right? Every season, there's a lot of people dying. Uh, but now they're measuring this like it's just because of COVID or the coronavirus. Now a team of 14 scientists belonging to the World Health Organization. Well, that will be completely objective then. There won't be any kind of agenda behind that. Is investigating several accusations, including that the virus might have leaked from a lab in Wuhan. And they have concluded their probe. According to a report in Daily Mail, the World Health Organization investigators have backed the ruling Communist Party's claims that cold chain products such as Australian beef may have been the cause of the initial outbreak. Peter Emberek, the leader of the WHO team, also said that studies should be carried out to find the virus, uh, find if the virus was imported into the country, adding that it was extremely unlikely that the virus leaked from a lab. Okay, sure. They even went on to declare that no further study should be undertaken in their in the theory. Into the theory, into the theory. Okay. In October, China claimed that the uh, SARS-CoV-2 broke out in the various parts of the world in 2019, but it was only one to have reported and acted first, uh, but it was the only one to have reported and acted first. Uh, the country also rubbished the widely held view that the deadly contagion originated in Wuhan before turning out to be a pandemic. Holy shit. I'm not surprised at all by this. Thank you for the uh, heads up on that, Philip, uh, Black Philip. I appreciate that. Crazy shit. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that the, eventually we'll come back to some Western nation and it's their fault. You know, this, that's basically what this is, right? Uh, but yeah, they'll back the Communist Party. They will back uh, the world saviors, right? The new the new systems of globalism that's being built. Uh, multilateralism, as, as is the new word, word for, for globalism that they use. Uh, and China will be at the tip of the spear there, together with a lot of other nations too, uh, obviously. Um, James Fitzgerald for three says to add uh, to Black Phillips' comment, one more reason to eat bugs instead of beef. Well, exactly. There you go. <laughs> exactly. You get a red meat. Good point, uh, James. It's dangerous to eat uh, eat these meat products. They're full of uh, full of viruses and, and bad things. And so we should have cricket milk and uh, and uh, worm burgers. Uh, and uh, uh, what was it? The molecularly developed... Uh, egg, just egg. Remember, we covered that in one of the weekend shows. Uh, you guys who are members saw this, uh, saw that at least. Just egg. It's a company called Just, I think, or something. Uh, they're developing these new products. It's synthetic food, basically. That's what's coming. It's nothing. It's real with it. It's just like molecularly pieced together, and they're trying to find uh, perfect, like synthetic copies of the real thing uh, to make you feel that you're like, you know, you can have scrambled egg, but it, but it's all these, uh, you know, synthetic proteins that they've developed and vegetable uh, compounds that they put together and stuff like that. Uh, vegan, 
vegan egg. You so you can you should have the 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 thing, and you should your body or you your taste, your sensations, your experience should be like you're having the real thing, but it should not be the real thing. Synthetic life, folks. That's where the next. Uh, uh, that's where the next uh, revolution and the breakthrough is from. Genetic engineering, neuro neurobiology, and synthetic life, synthetic life forms. Uh, Craig S. Venter, we've talked about some of these guys in the past. Uh, they are at the forefront of this kind of stuff of developing new types of life uh, in a lab that do different functions. It's it's freaky as hell. It's it's scary. Uh, anyway, I saw this. I was um, uh, on a Swedish paper looking around a little bit, and the headline here, for those of you who can't read it, says... Uh, the Euro European Council uh, stands firm in its resolution. It was uh, resolution 2361. This is some good news in opposition to the vaccine uh, vaccine stuff here. The vaccination, the mandatory vaccination, stuff like that. Uh, they said the vaccination, at least in the EU, cannot be forced. And that someone who is unvaccinated, they're not allowed to be discriminated against. In other words, you can't say that you can't have access to this and that. Now, there still could be a way around this. Uh, in regards to like how they uh, how they leave this up to the private sector to like enforce this and say, well, if you want to enter our store, if you want to fly our airline, you have to have these kinds of things or whatever. Here's the uh, uh, Parliament Assembly uh, press release, I guess, or the document on Resolution 2361. They, it was headed under uh, COVID-19 vaccines, ethical, legal and practical considerations. And in there, the council basically said that, uh, uh, you know, we're, you, you, we you're not going to be able to force this on people, which is a very good thing, at least for, for Europe, where, as far as Europe is concerned. Uh, resolution 2361 in the year 2021 orders governments to ensure that citizens are informed that the vaccination is not mandatory and that no one is politically, socially or otherwise pressured to get themselves vaccinated if they do not wish to do so themselves. The Council of Europe, which is the European Union's leading human rights organization and the governing body of the European Court, of human rights also instructed member states to ensure that no one is discriminated against for not having been vaccinated due to possible health risks or not wanting to be vaccinated. So that's a good sign. I hope they uh, can uh, stay true to that and that they follow up on that. And here's another story too I found out of uh, Sweden. You know, we we monitored Sweden early on in the process because it uh, it was a country that didn't follow the lockdown uh, you know pr protocol and stuff like that. And I argued at the time that was that was for the right reasons, or it turned out to be sorry, it was turned out to be the right decision, but for the wrong reason. It was basically due to ineptitude that they couldn't they just didn't have time to enforce anything. And they're like, well, we're a, we're an open society. You can't just uh, close the borders and shit like that. That was the reasons why they did it, right? But now it turns out they've completely flipped on everything. It's all these weird things are happening. You can't fly into the country unless, of course, you're a migrant. The borders are open for migrants, asylum seekers and refugees. If you, however, are a guest worker from either Norway or Denmark, you have to be tested once a week to be able to enter into, uh, into Sweden. So it's one rule for them and uh, uh, non-existent for, for the other. Uh, but uh, as the headline here says in Swedish, uh, now the vaccination pass becomes reality in Sweden. Uh, so they're going to uh, work on the, on, the, on, the, uh, on the COVID vaccine pass, right? A lot of countries are doing that now. Uh, not only Sweden, of course, but I thought that this is an interesting piece considering how mellow they were in the beginning, initial stages, and now how they just completely flipped and going in the complete opposite direction, uh, which is kind of a sad development, frankly. Uh, all right, a couple more here, guys, and then we're gonna start wrapping up for today.
Appreciate your time. Thank you to everyone tuning in. Thank you to everyone joining us uh, and seeing a super chat over on Entropy Stream as well. Uh, we did put in a little uh, uh, request, I guess, to get our channel reviewed by DLive. I know there's some people that have uh, clung on and saved their lemons and stuff like that. Uh, for those of you who want to donate, I'm not sure if that will open up or not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, but uh, DLive has... Uh, I don't know, DLive has uh, stabbed a lot of their creators in the back. I, th I, think, I think they did a really bad move uh, by doing what they did, including just roping people up into this that had nothing to do uh, with, uh, with the coverage on, on January 6th and stuff like that. But, you know, pressure is pressure. And they followed suit. Uh, what are the last stories here? I don't know, like, what do I have? Two more things I want to show after that? But Italy, the, the government there has been kind of collapse-worthy, right? It's been... Uh, I think they've had something like... What was it? 53 governments in the last 63 years or so, I forget the exact number something like that it's just it's a very different process and it, they regularly have new elections and stuff like that but of course Salvini uh, Matteo Salvini was a big force of course in Europe in uh, well in Europe too actually in this in the extension but in Italy trying to close the borders he was the uh, interior minister for a while and then all these uh, bogus lawsuits came up and they tried to sue him like on humanitarian grounds that he did he was charged with human trafficking for not allowing people to enter onto uh, uh, Italian soil, of, uh, those who were coming from the Mediterranean, uh, refugees, uh, all kinds of weird shit. But now Salvini is uh, claims that he wants to be part of Draghi, Draghi's government, and Draghi, of course, is the former EU head of the ECB, the e European uh, uh, Central Bank. It's a banker, so it was a financial guy who ends up at the top of running countries now, right? I'm not much hoping Draghi whatsoever. Big, uh, big enemy. He's ex-Goldman Sachs, too, by the way. But I've saw some articles that kind of, oh, Salvini's shifting away from the from, from the far-right camp, and he's not, you know, you kind of got the impression, oh, he's cucking kind of thing. He's not standing firm on some of the decisions he had. Now, as far as I understand the situation, he has said publicly that he's willing to basically play ball with some of the people in government to, to, to be able to be a part of government. One of his statements I read the other day was basically, it's better to be on the inside and be part of the decision-making process than to be on the outside and lose your ability to influence what you can on the inside kind of thing. Uh, now, exactly how they, what that means, if they put restrictions on him or he can't have certain views or something, you know, uh, that I don't know the specifics of. I guess we can read a little bit from this here. Um, in February 2017, populist firebrand Matteo Salvini accused the then European Central Bank chief Mario Draghi. They call him they call him Super Mario, by the way. Super Mario is going to save Italy, right? Um, uh, the then Central Bank chief Mario Draghi of being an accomplice in what he termed the economic massacre of Italy, and that's absolutely true. Fast forward four years, and Salvini has unexpectedly pledged the support of his League Party for a government that Draghi is trying to put together to tackle the twin scourge of the coronavirus pandemic and the economic crisis ravaging the country. For a man who once campaigned for Italy to quit the European single currency, Salvini's endorsement of Draghi marks a potential sea change for the League, shutting it out of the far right, Eurosceptic camp, and into the moderate center-right. So again, I don't think that that's true. I think they've, they are put, putting that spin on it so that Salvini will lose the kind of popular support that he has. I, I could be wrong. And I'm not saying he's uh, the optimal, like, oh, he'll, he'll save Italy, he'll save you. I'm not trying to say that either. Uh, but he's been good on a lot, of, a lot of issues, right, over the years. And again, I, I have the door open to the possibility that he was somehow 
uh, you know, blackmailed or taken a plea bargain or something, or I, I don't know, after these, uh, you know, he was sued, they tried to put him in, in jail for, I forget how many years, crazy shit, right? Did he just agree to something and then they dropped charges? I don't know, I haven't followed up on all of it, right? League politicians say it's a calculated move aimed at improving Salvini's image, thereby enhancing uh, his prospects of one day becoming the prime minister while boasting the appeal of their group, whose poll ratings have been in the decline. We want to become like the Republican Party in the United States, an inclusive party that recon reconciles all the positions of the Italian center-right. No one, no one excluded, Giulio Centeremo said, uh, a league parliamentarian. He told Reuters that. Interesting, huh? Want to become like the... Like the rhinos. Interesting. Again, I, I think it could be a tactical move, if anything, then. But uh, anyway, um, Sergei, uh, President Sergio Mattarelli, or Matt Mattarella gave Draghi a mandate to form a government last week after the previous coalition collapsed, urging him to seek cross-party backing uh, for his administration. I, I do believe that they need the league in order to form this government, and that's obviously why they do it. And again, as, as, as I understand what Salvini said, it was like, well, it's basically better to be part of it than not and be on the outside and kind of thing. And I, I agree with that in a way. Uh, in a way, politics is, it's a game, right? You got to play the game, compromise, you give a little bit, you take a little bit. It's as as much as I wish some of these guys would just like stand, you know, super firm and super hard and just do this, no, this one way. And that's, and it's just, that's kind of just not it, right? It's just, you can't, you can't get that far uh, potentially. But uh, yeah, we'll continue to cover that a little bit and see what happened with, uh, with uh, Matteo Salvini. Because uh, that could be interesting. All right, I wanted to end with a couple of things here. This was kind of funny. I think this came out of one of the uh, one of the hearings here, or the impeachment trials, if I remember correctly. Uh, I guess someone accused um, one of the senators from Kentucky of calling Sanders a uh, what is it, an, an ignorant slut, I think, or something like that. <laughs> Let's take a look at this. I want the record to reflect that I did not call Senator Sanders an ignorant slut. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I don't know how I should take that, Senator Kennedy, but uh, Senator Kane. Senator Kane. Okay, I thought it was Senator Kennedy. <clears throat> All right, so there you go. Set the record say he did not call uh, Bernie Sanders an ignorant slut. That, that's, uh, that's good. So we have that for the record, right? Uh, what, what do we end with this? It was kind of funny. Uh, man interviewed about dead, dead body in Creek, arrested for murder hours later. Uh, <clears throat> you know, the screenshot, eventually, when you looked at this, you're like, who, who in the world could have guessed that this is the guy who did it? I saw it because it looked like it was the, what is that comedian called? Ryan Long? Uh, you don't see it here because it doesn't show me the thumbnail when I've gone into the video. It just showed me the first frame of the video. Uh, but the thumbnail, I'm like, is that is that Ryan, the comedian, Ryan Long? So I thought it was a joke. So I played it. And it's like, no, it's actually the real thing, real deal. Uh, but when you listen to the interview, it's like, how in the world would anybody suspect that this guy had just killed somebody in the woods? Incredible. There we go. He told the reporter he was surprised a dead body was found in the creek across from his home. I'm like, what What the hell is going on? I had no clue. But police Oops. claim Matthew Haverly... Did he go black for you guys too? All black? Sorry about that. He told the reporter okay, he was surprised a dead body was found in the creek across from his home. I'm like, what, what the hell is going on? I had no clue. But police claim Matthew Haverly knew exactly what was going on. Authorities say the body was his mother's, 60-year-old Patricia Haverly. Oh, now shit. he is charged with murder and abusing a corpse. In the interview, he came up with every hypothesis in the book. I think it was kind of a hit, and something happened. Something went bad. And Jeez. 
this is like a rural area, so they just wanted to plant the body somewhere else. That, that hairline is uh, definitely criminal, though. It would be like a place where people from the city would want to put a body because most, <laughs> most likely they wouldn't be found. He even addressed how his mother would feel. I'm guessing, like, my mother, she would be concerned. Um, and probably a lot of the other neighbors would be concerned. Neighbors are shocked. That's it's heartbreaking because he comes across concerned. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. You got people <laughs> like that running around. An autopsy shows his mother died from head trauma. Haverly is being held without bail and has not yet entered a plea. For InsideEdition.com, right. I'm Lisa. Fantastic stuff. <clears throat> Hope you enjoy that. Wish I could see the, the headline, uh, the uh, thumbnail. Because the hairline and the thumbnail is just like, it's amazing. It's extraordinary. <clears throat> All right. Um, who to thunk it? All right, boys and girls, uh, we're going to wrap up there. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. Appreciate it. Uh, over on Entropysteam stream, Entropysteam.com. Sorry, <laughs> Entropysteam.live, rather. Entropysteam.live forward slash Red Ice TV. We have a couple more, and we'll do those right before we wrap up here. Uh, Zygote Pair for five. Thank you, sir. It says, thanks as always. Thank you, sir. Appreciate the support. Very kind of you. Uh, Blunderbuss for 10. Did Twitter do President Brumpf Blumpf? I guess it is. President Blumpf. A favor by deleting his account instead of letting him fade into irrelevance. Uh, yeah, maybe. I, I think to a certain extent, due to the pressure that they're putting uh, on the Trump movement, the MAGA movement, any psychologists know that, you know, you, you need outside pressure for the group to remain solid and supporting of each other instead of turning on itself, right? So you have this now internal threat kind of um, of course, the internal threat, if America had an, an external enemy, this pressure internally would have not been so hard. So you can kind of, in a way, you can kind of do groups that you want to see gone. Uh, you can do them a disservice by removing an external pressure and threat because then they begin to turn on each other. And that's definitely not going to happen now for the MAGA movement or for Trump supporters and like that. Because the pressure is so intense that these people, will, I think, will be even more con convinced, convicted in their in their. Uh, in their belief, in how they view this, in how they're being targeted, and this witch hunt and stuff like that, both for Trump, but also for the just people in general who are, who are you know, MAGA, the MAGA crowd, basically. So uh, if they wanted Trump to go away, they could have just let it be and and maybe would just have kind of petered out or something. But now I think that they will be remain remaining very, very strong, uh, Blunderbuss, because of the fact that they're doing it such obvious, you know, like censorship, pressure, demonization, lies, obfuscation, they're targeting people, they're taking shit out of context, they're building profiles on people, they're hunting people down, witch hunts. And so uh, I, I think it will just go stronger probably because of that. In part could be that they want that. The part could be that they also want to have a large faction of America, uh, many people that feel that they have nothing left to lose you know, with individuals, that's when they become dangerous, uh, unfortunately. And I think they know that, and I think that they're intentionally creating that scenario, that if you have people that have, you know, lost everything and they feel they have no other recourse, they can't even be heard, that's when people are most prone to do extremist things and turn to violence and these kinds of things. And in a way, I think that they want that because then they can use that further in that feedback loop and say, well, see, these people are really dangerous. They are terrorists. They're doing these things. If it's not a gay op, if they're not setting people up, or if it's a sting operation, they're trying to entice people into do it. Pick up the gun, you know, do it, do it. And then we could charge you. That's what I think is going on, frankly. 
Uh, otherwise, they would just have like they would have scaled. But I know they can't. Also, they have do have Trump derangement syndrome, so they can't back off. They can't leave it alone. They'll talk for Trump. They'll talk about Trump for 40 years uh, if things continue in this way. It will basically be a MAGA flag will be like a national socialist flag. That's what it will be if they continue their mythologization of this kind of shit, right? All right. Uh, thank you, Blunderbuss. Appreciate that. That was very kind of you. Uh, just a heads up right here at the end. Again, if you uh, want to check out, of course, uh, our live streams and all that good stuff, uh, right now, some of the best places to watch us live is redeyes.tv forward slash live, also redeyesmembers.com. Just click on live stream from the menu, click shows, the show menu, and at the bottom, you can watch the streams there. Uh, also, of course, entropystream.live forward slash redeyes.tv. That's a great way of, of course, super chatting as well. As, as well. Uh, at this point, the only way, I think we have some capabilities on Trovo, uh, but I've kind of discouraged from that. If anybody sent something on Trovo, I appreciate it. I got I haven't had time to look into it and learn it and figure it out in the back end and see if people donate there and like that. Uh, I guess I've kind of tried to discourage people from it because like they take like fifty percent or something. <laughs> so it's like I don't know if it's worth it. Trovo will probably censor or something too. Uh, so it's obviously not a long-term kind of option. I think just like D Live was not, uh, as we've noticed, we put in a little request to get our uh, uh, D Live channel remonetized, but I bet you it won't happen. I don't know. Uh, so eventually we're trying to get people off of there. I know a lot of people are watching through DLive still. And that's why I'm showing this at the end here too. Uh, so you guys know on some of the other places where you can go. Also float.app forward slash red ice TV. I think you can watch over there. There They have some, I think some crypto options. Got to be better looking at that. Uh, but there are some other platforms. Odyssey is, uh, um, I'm said peddling. They're uh, uh, developing, trying to develop. I guess that's, you could say pet. They pedal in live streaming. They're trying to get it up and running. Uh, Odyssey. Uh, you can watch our archive shows there, of course, as you see over on the uh, right-hand side where to watch our archive shows. RedEyes.tv, obviously, RedEyesMembers.com for members. Uh, BitChute, our BitChute channel, it's BitChute.com forward slash RedEyesTV. Shout out to the Spurgs over there. Uh, Odyssey.com slash at RedEyesTV. Hopefully they get uh, live streaming up and running. They have the LBR LBRY token as well, which I hope maybe they can bring in that into some kind of super chat thing. That would be great vk.com forward slash red eyes tv i noticed that some of the uh, videos had that open here the other day have been blocked in i've been blocked this is blocked in your country which of course is us let me see if i can find that real quick and i'm just like is this the future of v again i i never saw vk as a long-term option uh let me just see if i can show that real quick but it was it was discouraging it was not that was not good to see um let's see here if i can click into videos Let's just not show that. That's interesting. Okay, there was actually the. Uh... No, it's gone altogether. Okay, yeah, we're, the We're Back episode, right? The Yule stream was the last one, and then we did a We're Back uh, stream. That's even if you're not logged in on VK and go to redeyes.tv uh, and click into videos, it's not even there. So it showed it was been uh, disabled, like you can't access this in your country, uh, something like that. So uh, I don't know what that's about. I don't know why VK is removing things, but I've seen it on the back end in the admin uh, page uh, on VK. Basically, it's like, oh, this video was blocked in your country. I was like, what? For what? What? Uh, so no long-term uh, hope with uh, with the VKs. We're, we're uh, putting our faith on the BitChutes, the Odysseys, the libraries. Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Rumble is another source. Rumble.com slash TV. but I've noticed the quality is a bit less there. Maybe that's because of the length of the uh, videos. And I've been trying like crazy to get our stuff up onto tv.gab forward slash channel forward slash uh, Red Eyes TV, and I just cannot get the shows uploaded. Uh, they're well below the uh, 
accepted uh, limit, which I think is two gigabytes. It can be however long you want it. You have to just compress it below two gigabytes, which I've done. And I know they're getting ha hammered with traffic, so I'm not trying to shit on Gab. It's great. There's, they're a great source. They're, they're proving to persevere. They've been able to do things which Parler has not done, which I think is great. They're up and you know they're up and running, but their traffic is just insane. Uh, so that's probably why. But I, I wanted to try to build, build up the archive there too. So, but keep an eye on it. Follow us over there if you want to on uh, tv.gab.com/redeyestv or slash channel slash redeyestv, uh, and that way uh, we'll see uh, if they can uh, get some little better uh, better DNS uh, or what do you call it uh, CDNs and stuff like that to distribute the, the content that you can upload properly. Uh, all right. Otherwise, of course, if you do want to join us uh, over in the uh, sub subscribe section, if you will, redicemembers.com. That's the best way to support us as well. Uh, make sure you sign up for a recurring subscription using Subscribestar. You can use your credit card that way, subscribestar.com slash TV. And uh, when you sub over there, you can either have an account on Red Ice Members already or you cannot have one. If you don't have one, we'll set one up for you. Just send us a message either through Subscribestar or an email Redice at protonmail.com. You just say, hey, I signed up, and then we'll connect your account, and you're good, up and running, good to go. You can also use Entropy, of course, entropystream.live forward slash Red Ice TV. You can click on subscribe, or subscribe. It's the third option from the top, and select the gold subscription that they have there. That's $10.99, uh, so it's $0.99 cents above, uh, you know, kind of the, the price that we have per month, but uh, that's still an option if you prefer them. Uh, you do not have to have an Entropy account. I think you can use, like, your YouTube uh, your Google account or your Twitter, uh, Twitch account to log into Entropy. I think that's enough. Uh, but again, if you do that, send us a message, uh, redice at protomail.com. Tell us you signed up and we'll activate that uh, right, right away. It's not uh, automated, that system yet. Uh, we have a couple of options. Otherwise, ACH, uh, eShake option, of course, that works too. Crypto, we also have a PO box. The address is right uh, over on uh, that, that side right there. Uh, check that out if you want to use that option too. But yeah, we thank you. Thank you so much, guys, for your support. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to be back here, of course, with much more soon. I'm still working on a video uh, that Lana has out uh, on how to, what was the title? How to, uh, how, to, how to defeat white guilt or something like that. It was about white, white guilt, how to push back against that. Otherwise, Friday, we'll be back. Flashback Friday, as usual, of course. That's 6 p.m. Eastern, midnight Central European time. Uh, that's uh, 3 p.m. Pacific, which is our uh, new time zone here, boys and girls. But yeah, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back with much more soon. Until then, take care. Stay safe, everybody. And we'll see you guys later. Bye-bye. Do you love Red Ice? Want more? Get access to exclusive material by signing up for a Red Ice membership. You'll be able to watch Weekend Warrior, our flagship show, the second hour of interviews, and other special feature videos only for subscribers. Were you a member and we lost you along the way? Renew! We love and appreciate you guys and gals and cannot do this without you. Help us be a sane voice, a lighthouse in the sea of insanity. As times get tougher, as people are searching for answers, they're going to need content like red ice. A little of all your support can go a long way. Thank you.